to build funk rap The tweaking bass like I'm Jimmy Castor Model H3OC plus another thousand Kick a little ass cat brothers at the house I feel like singing with this new microphone. It made me sound like an idiot last uh, show. I don't know if you listened to it. I sound like yeah, a... you sounded like. That's why you're always cracking up again because you sounded like this. I don't. I hope it doesn't do it again. But I, I think it might have something to do with. Um, it was set on music. There's like a little mode, and it was a little guitar. So maybe it thought I was a guitar. I don't know. <laughs> this is one of those. You know, it looks like an Elvis microphone. You know, one of those big yeah, silver right. deals. Yeah. I might so I might sound, be sounding beefy again. I might be sounding I might be sounding a little a little beefy. What if that's what causes it? Like if you fuck around like that, yeah, it's like you it know just, they say if you make a funny face, your face stays like that. My yeah. voice stays beefy. <laughs> I think having there are worse things that you could have other than a beefy voice. You know, you could have a beefy heart. That probably wouldn't be that great. Wait, now I can't, I can't hear myself anymore. Can you hear me again? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I vanished. I did. I you're, you're quiet. You're I, quiet now. Did I get real quiet? What about right? What about right here? What about right? There you go. Now I can hear you perfectly. Sound- I think it's good. I think it's good if every show. I, I'm, I'm happy that we've done uh, 50 episodes now over the course of several years, and uh, we're still figuring out how microphones work. <laughs> They're complicated. Here, I was doing this earlier. Um, can you guess? Can you name that tune? You ready? Yeah. Ready? Let's see if you can name the tune. Um, to do it on here. Okay, ready? The white stripes. Oh, you came in too soon. One more. One more time. Okay. I have no idea. I don't know what that. But you know, like the. No. No. It's the uh, it's the nine inch nails. The closer. Oh. Yeah. And then the. Uh, okay. Never mind. Nine Inch Nails is that a that's a that's a no, band. It's a, yeah, it's, it's an Easter joke. Ayo. Oh yeah, it's almost Easter time. It's my favorite holiday. Um, I was gonna ask you something, but I can't remember what it was. Oh, you went to get dog food. Yeah. With your new knife. I sure did. Yes, I did. Yeah, you sent me this great blade. It's a. Uh, is this is this a CR CJRB? Is that what this these yes. initials say here? It is a CJRB Ria, uh, 2019's knife of the year. What? Really? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um. So you did it. Uh, you gave it some time in the pocket, as the knife guys say. Uh, what is how did how did it work out for you? Did you open the dog food well, with it? I did not open the dog food with it. But what I gotta say is that this thing is so uh, sleek and lightweight. Um. The, my so my first uh, impression upon opening it is that it's got these great um, sort of uneven ridges in it that mm-hmm. uh, are very pleasing to kind of run your your thumb and forefinger up and down and I gotta say it's lightweight so I did I had it hooked to my jeans um, <laughs> and I was like walking around all day I forgot I had it on me so I was just a dork walking around uh, Walmart 
with a yeah. knife strapped on my jeans. However, it's a Walmart in Oklahoma, so I was oh, so by you, far not the only one. You would have had to have that. Pants. You had to have that to get in anyway. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. They check you at the door for it. If the little beeper doesn't go off, they turn you away. Um, yeah, so yeah. I think those are you got micarta scales, which I think are um, some sort of uh, tactical grip. I don't know it's, if you get sweaty when you're okay. doing a, when you're doing getting stabby. Don't get stabby and sweaty at the same time. It keeps yeah. your hand it keeps your hand yeah, dry. Explain this to me. So yes. at the base of the knife, I'm opening it right now. The base right. of the knife here. There is a little uh, knob here, just on one side. What is the purpose of this? There's even there's a divot in the handle so that it can close properly. But what is this circular bit here at is the base it, for? At the base of it, okay. Is it does it look like a little ring that's uh, like? Yeah. It's a, that is for your lanyard. That is for oh. to, you put a string through there. Okay, um, well, but why? Well. It's kind of like your knife bling. If you want to get crazy, oh. you put you put a little na- a lanyard on it, then you put a little lanyard bead. Um, oh, okay. I actually ordered a couple lanyard beads. Uh, I've I've gotten I've kind of gone down the rabbit hole on that. that so I I knife. tie I tie a string around this nub, and that's and that's my flare. Yeah, if the, if I if what you're talking about is what. If, you're talking about. Um, hold on, let me get my knife. <laughs> just, yeah. a yeah. just a second. It's at the it's at the base of the blade is what I'm talking about. When the blade's extended, it's at the base right before the handle. Okay. Okay. So I've got uh, I've got the same knife in my hand here. Now you've got. Uh, so you have the same color. You got this cobalt blue. Um, I do have a blue one. I have actually a couple of these, but uh, I do have a blue one, and I have one with custom orange and black swirls on it. Oh, that sounds cool. That, so sounds, our, like a, that sounds like a bong or something that you get from a gas station. <laughs> it's sort of Halloween colors. So yeah. I'm, I've got the, uh, I've got it in my hand. Now, you, are you talking about down by where the clip where is? The, where the label says CJRB, like where it's engraved. That thing right next to it. That oh, that, that's your. That's how you flick it out, dude. That's your thumb stud. What? That's your oh. thumb stud. All right, hold it like this. Hold it in your hand. You've seen Star Trek uh, Next Generation. Oh, I just did it, dude. You just. Oh my God, dude. You just oh, leveled up. Bro. You just fucking leveled up. Dude, I feel now so you're, fucking powerful now. Now you're dangerous. You get it I, out. Yeah. So you. Oh, hold I it. just. Oh, you hear that? You hear me <laughs> flick it like that? Yeah. Well, yeah. Would you hear that? Shit, bro. You want to do yeah. that? I'll do that. If you do that, I'll do that. Dude, you can do that. We've been friends for a long time, but I feel like our friendship just leveled up. <laughs> it just leveled up. See, that's what I, that's why I sent it to you as like a glorified fidget spinner. Now you can fidget yeah. with it. Like I said, you right. sit there watch TV. And flick, flick. Oh, I just up oh, just cut my thumb with it. Ouch. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, you kind of hold it like they, you know, in, in Star Trek: Next Generation, they hold their guns really stupid. Like they hold they hold it with just the thumb and the and the first finger. And they yeah. kind of go, so you hold it, hold it like that with your thumb, and you mm-hmm. kind of flick it sideways and up at the same time, and boom, it comes yeah. right out. I can already feel like I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a callus from doing this. Yeah, you got my, my thumb's a little sore from doing it a few times because I'm not, yeah. you know, yeah. You get, you get used to it, dude. Okay. See, you didn't even. That's the main reason to have it is to use that little. Thumb I didn't stuff. know that. I didn't know that at all. That's. But on, but on the other that's end. Fucking cool. What if I'm south, it, southpaw though? I wouldn't be able to do it. That's a good question, and I think that was the one uh, thing that people downvoted it. Uh, 
When they voted a knife of the I year, should, they said, I unless, should review uh, knives. Unless you're left handed. I should review knives, dude. And that would be. Well, I hate to tell you this, dude, but you are reviewing a knife right now. That's exactly. I am. That's true. Well, <laughs> while we've got, hey, dude, while we've got this on the on the autopsy table, now mm-hmm. that you got the thumb stud and flip it over and then look at the bottom mm-hmm. down okay. by the clip, and you see that little circle in there, that little ring. Yes. That's what I was talking about. That's where you put your knife. Oh. Okay, like through. You mean you th- would thread it through this, right? Exactly. Yeah. It, okay. It's. So I could put it, like a. I could put like a feather or something in here. You could. You could. Cool. I have a. I have a little braided. I have this little braided paracord with a tiny little uh, pewter bead on it. It's. Um, Dude, I just flicked it and I feel like. <laughs> I feel so good. I'm so excited for you. I didn't want to give you a tutorial. You just kind of have to. Yeah. Have to do it yourself, but. Um, oh shit! Uh, I dropped it. You dropped. Goddamn. <laughs> right between. Luckily, between the toe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, knife corner. Hey everybody, this is the Almost Good Podcast. My name is J. David Osborne, and that is David James Keaton. What up, bro? Here's me. Wait. Oh shit! Let me do mine. Hold on. Oh yeah, that's pretty good. That's good. That's good. Right. And then, is there a fast way to to fold this thing back in? Because I kind of use, I have to use yes. both hands. Yeah. No, you don't want to use two hands. So you flicked it out, and you're still holding it Star Trek style with just like your thumb and your first finger. Take a use your thumb, and now go into the hole that that thumb stud is left behind. You see that little hole? Push yeah. your thumb in there, and you push the liner lock down, and now uh, use your first finger. And your first and finger, you can just bring try it back. Not to, try not to cut my shit off. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> That's the that's the next the next step right there. So all right, hold on, I'm gonna do it real fast. Oh my god, um, I'm 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 kind of fucking scared, dude. Did you do it? So you yeah, put, your, it. Okay. put your yeah, yeah, put your thumb through through the little hole yeah. that you left behind, and you push the yeah. liner lock, and then push the, and then it goes down. Yeah, this is a this is a um, sharp in two ways. Obviously, it is it's very pointy, and it is sharp. I cut my thumb on it a little bit, um, but it's also sharp as in like, hey, that's a sharp. Sharp dressed man, that's you know that kind good, of thing. Good looking little knife, and it um knife. it it's opens. It's a great up. present. Thank you, by the way. Yeah, man. I uh, I'm I'm like Santa Claus. I'm sending everybody knives just to because I I want to play with them and I want us to have a shared text. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm yeah. I can see myself getting into like some some cool kind of like strange not like like bone handle knives or and shit like that or like well, it's, uh, it's kind <laughs> of a no. Well, it's a no brainer because we're we're opening boxes all day in this situation. True. Uh, yeah. Box true. after box after box. Well, you got your vaccine though, didn't you? I did. I'm double vac- vaccinated. You're, you're vaxxed up. You're vaxxed up. You get your you get your you get your microchip. Yep. I had him give me five more on the way out. I'm like, hit me both thighs. Stick one right in my ass. And uh, oh, I'm I'm super powered. Um, actually, I I think I have to wait. What is it? Two weeks before it's its full potential but i was reading on the cdc website or no it was the uh mm-hmm. some sort of pfizer frequently asked questions or something and um the uh it's pretty much 80 percent effective after two weeks after the first shot that's what i'm told right and then after that uh that booster just puts it up to the other 14 percent or whatever mm-hmm. so um what do yeah. you do what are you gonna do once you're fully uh once you once you have immunity um i'm gonna go to the record store i want to walk around is it open 
Um, yeah, the record store, it, it closed down about a year ago when all this stuff started. I think they might have some sort of limited entry, but I thought of it as one of the filthiest places I go to because you you know you thumb through the records and thumb through the DVDs. Yeah, and see, that's true. Your hands are like you work in a fucking coal mine. They yeah. just turn they turn black from all those thousands of fucking nerds and all their yeah. media. There's media filth. So now I I was gonna go in there with gloves, but. If it's open, I'd like to go in and look for some fucking new music and some new, some movies and stuff. I I've been watching a lot of streaming on iTunes, so I've I've been kind of uh, stuck mm-hmm. with whatever is whatever's happening, whatever's hot. I like to look at the old Here, shit. Here's here's some here's a thought actually, because I've been thinking about this a lot. I'm thinking it's time to go to like return. I guess now it's Blu-ray, right? But yeah. I think it's time to return to physical media because. This yeah. streaming shit is nonsense. I thought it was cool at first, but it gives you this unlimited sense of power. Everything is at your fingertips. Here's the thing, dude. Everything is not at your fingertips. That's the problem. And they take shit can, off can, and put yeah. it back on. Yep. And that like like the office was on Netflix and you know now it's on Peacock, that bullshit NBC streaming service. So, if you That's really want to watch stuff, you still I mean I think so, I think Blu-rays are gonna make a comeback, dude. I think I think people are gonna start start buying that shit. Well, again. I, I never even went to Blu-ray. I still have the DVDs. I, I still got have DVDs too, man. I got a whole thing is, Rubbermaid tub. Dude, I get mad to speak to what you're saying. If I have I have a couple of movies I bought on iTunes because I watched them so much and then I'd have to walk back and get them. Mm-hmm. And then one day the thumbnail changed to this stupid fucking artwork that I hated. And I thought that would have influenced my purchase if I had to look at this yeah, sort of yeah. this seasonal trendy update of the thumbnail. And right there, it just sat with me wrong. Like if they can they can just mess with it anytime they I'm want. They just mess with the, it. The coolest DVDs were uh, the David Fincher movies. Remember the cases for like oh, Seven yeah. Fight Club. Fight Club was like a package, yeah, and you'd open it up and it had that nice thick. It had like a thick booklet, yep. um, and then director's commentary like streaming services also don't have director's commentaries which i right. miss I, I miss commentaries on movies that i really like because i was talking to uh on a on a different podcast because i am a millennial so i think i'm on 18 podcasts um <laughs> but i was talking about pirating movies right and you know how that's that's a thing that people do i'm i'm pro piracy i think you are not pro piracy um yeah. But anyway, we can leave that alone for now and just say that, like, I do buy movies, but it has to be, like, I'm buying it for the cool swag that comes with it, that extra shit, you know? you got to put the extra shit on if you want people to actually buy right. buy shit. You can't just stomp your feet and cry about it. Well, because, that's, the, you know? that's the thing, dude. You used to – DVDs were – they were making it seem like that was the short version, that if you get the iTunes version, you're going to get all this uh, – top of the line stuff and some extra content with some interviews and stuff and the dvd was bare bones right or the mm-hmm. blue the blu-ray was was better than the dvd but but now i was looking at uh, for example spinal tap i wanted to watch that the other night and uh the dvd i have from i don't know what 20 years ago just like you said it has the commentary but it's a very special commentary where they do it in character right so i remember so the, that yeah. yeah so they're just they're baffled by this this technology and they're also talking about it as if they lived it and that kind of shit you can't that's not on the itunes version of course and it um 
and it also doesn't have the deleted scenes. There's a there's a bunch of uh, there was something where the the band went to Graceland and they went to the zoo, and they were like they're at the zoo looking at the monkeys and they're like, did you know the, what they eat? And the one guy's like, they eat bread, which is weird because they have no baking skills whatsoever, and shit like that was hilarious. And none of that is available, so you have so you get this version where they may change the cover on you at any time and it's also just bare bones so i agree i i want to stockpile my media and i can also protect it as you can hear yeah anybody tries to come for that i mean all they got to do all they got to do is like hack into your your account and they can watch your shit rios and i have you know she like gave her her family members her passwords for stuff, and it is a nightmare to go <laughs> onto. I, all I asked was like just stay off of my profile on Netflix, right? They did not stay off my profile on Netflix. So there's like her mother loves uh like narco dramas. You know the show Narcos, right? Yeah, they yeah. they made like 150 of them, and they're all on Netflix, especially like. Uh, like Mexican Netflix, Spanish Netflix, yeah. like they down in Mexico, that's I, apparently just a huge genre, right? And so, so it'll be like your your recommended your stuff. Yeah, your algorithm's fucked. You're like they're giving you telenovelas. <laughs> and shit. It's like El Tigre Salvaje or, and shit like that. I'm like, oh Jesus. Um, yeah, we have the uh, same thing. We gave out some passwords and we had all these profiles flying around and. Uh, the, you know how it asks you to name all the profiles when you rename one? Mm-hmm. It kept prompting me over and over to do it. And I typed in, uh, <laughs> I just typed into the bar, like, do not ask me this question again. And uh, <laughs> so that's so that's the name of the second profile is this, this stupid cartoon face that says, do not ask me that question again. Yeah, I think and on the, mine, I'm a little guy and Rios is the, uh, her logo is the um, the plant monster thing from Stranger Things. It's fun, yeah. Oh, sweet. You get to, you get to customize them. But uh, yeah. what are we talking about today? We're talking We're about, talking about uh, the, the MT, MT Man. MT Man. You, uh, you recommended this. I did. Mm-hmm. You texted me one of your – I like when you open up like that in the middle of the night. You texted me, empty man, okay, bro. <laughs> like so I thought, man, that's – he doesn't, <laughs> doesn't usually give me so much to work with, so I, I turned it on. And uh, yeah, you know, I would agree. I okay. hate texting, dude. I hate texting. <laughs> I hate it so much. I know. I send I send you a telenovela, and you send back okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's better than just K. Sometimes I can just, I can just drop a K or a thumbs up. Exactly. I like to give the thumbs up. Yeah, but this uh, reminds. Well, let, real quick, I want to. Uh, mm. I, I have a bone to pick with you because yeah. uh, I was reading your newsletter. Uh, yeah. I don't know if your your uh, the audience knows that you send out this newsletter. And uh, in your newsletter, you said uh, that you wrote this long, very fascinating um, breakdown of violent uh, rhetoric with uh, with communities and uh, like the the how you'd be surprised that very liberal communities are using very violent rhetoric. I won't sum it up too much because I want to. I just want to give you some shit about something. And you mm-hmm. said in your in your uh, newsletter mm-hmm. that. Occasionally, uh, people send you um, shit mm-hmm. that, uh, that writers say that's really goofy, mm-hmm. and you're like, you know, I don't really like getting that anymore. But I, but you know, they don't get the memo or something, and I guess yep. that's going to be part of my day forever. 
So I yeah. just want to out myself as the one who yeah. sends you this stuff. Non-stop. For the most part. No, you're not, not the only one, though. You are not the only one. Okay, but yeah, I just want to. I just want to be clear about and something. I and but and I want to be clear that I have asked you to stop on several times. Okay, and you said I know. And I want to be clear, and I want to be clear, and I'm not. And the knife came out because I want to be clear that I am never going to stop sending you that stuff because I am not going to suffer through that shit on my own. And you get you don't get to ask for you don't get to make these choices for both of us is what I'm saying. So you are going to not not only do you, are you not going to ever not get it. I might have to double up on it. Also, the biggest <laughs> the biggest thing that I wanted to point out was if uh-huh. I wouldn't send you all this annoying shit that writers are doing on Facebook, uh-huh. you wouldn't have written such an amazing newsletter. Oh, I would. Thank you. Basically, yeah. I'm your muse, so I'll just take the you're welcome. Yeah. You want to read? You want to read the, what the 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 thing in question that we were talking about? Um, I don't have it in front of me, but it was essentially. Dude, and I see these once a week. It's where some mm-hmm. fucking some fucking writer will say something like, "And if you ever, if I ever see you disrespecting a woman somewhere, I will fuck you up and I will make you drink your own blood and I will fuck you." <laughs> yeah. Every every time I read that, we've talked mm-hmm. about this before. My first reaction is, <clears throat> "Never been in a fight in your life." And but then the second reaction is, um, like, who is that for? Who are you talking to? Who are you talking right. to? And, but That's you, my question. But you fleshed it out more to talk about, like the very, very violent rhetoric that flies around. That's not. Uh, that's not helpful. I mean, I, I won't paraphrase what you're saying, but mm. I think that there's so many reasons that it's annoying. And it, uh, again, my biggest problem is repetition. I see it over and over and over again. And mm-hmm. what is this? What is this pronouncement of of violent retribution to this imaginary foe? You know, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, is it, let me just, let me just finish don't. this, let me finish this thought. There's yeah. no reason why you should be bragging that you're, it's like that thing we talked about, I don't know, a year ago, somebody was saying, Hey, I'm, I'm totally anti-landmines. Great. Of course you are. Nobody is yeah. pro. Uh, if you, if you have to say that, you know, you're the one who's going to stand up for somebody who come, who punches uh, a woman in the face on the street. Well, of course you would. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you, who are you distinguishing yourself from? And I think what's happening is they're distinguishing themselves from themselves. It's like they're, talk, so they're talking yeah. themselves into it or something. I don't know. It's doth well, protest too much. Well, Richard Nixon is famous for saying lots of things. Um, but one of the things that he said, I think it was on the Watergate, uh, one of the Watergate tapes, was that uh, you know what we're gonna do is we're going whatever we're doing, we accuse our opponents of doing. Sure. Um, and I think that you know there's Freudian psychology about this, and whenever I see people who are like uh, doing some shit on Facebook where they're like, if you treat a woman like a piece of meat, if if all you do is talk about their juicy tits and ass. If all you do is objectify a fine, sexy woman in a short skirt wearing those little, the little garter belt things, and, and somebody's you back, they're objectify. Making the, they're making that line across the neck motion, like, "Hey, wrap it up, wrap it up." <laughs> you, if you, if you, if I ever catch you putting your penis between a pair of juicy tits and just rubbing it up and just fucking going to town on those puppies, I swear to God, if you do that without consent. I don't know, man. The whole thing, uh, the whole uh, 
it all reeks of like some weird psychosexual well, uh, yes. sadomasochistic like uh you know they have this uh power fantasy basically a lot of writers have power fantasies they write power fantasies you know they they write about a, a person who's just an everyday schlub who gets you know be, finds out that it's like you know harry potter for alcoholic dads type stuff where you know you find out you have a special power and that power is fucking people up um and really all it all it really means is they want somebody to uh they just want somebody to to you know put a like a one of those bits in their mouth like for cows and just like just spank them they just want to get spanked (laughs) over and over and over again and they're also like like you said they're they're projecting they're projecting exactly Exactly. Exactly. Everybody who I know who's normal doesn't do that shit. Like people who've had normal, healthy sexual upbringings who like, you know, people who, I mean, you know, just, you know, had girlfriends in high school and college and, you know, up through their adulthood and, you know, just lived life in a completely normal way. They don't they don't say shit like that. It's always like. You know, it's like with the incel thing. Well, incel so, yeah. became a it, it so, became a buzzword like Nazi, where they're like all these fucking incels, and I'm like, bro, you're an incel. Um, I don't know who you're calling an incel, but you're yeah. not having sex and you're writing books about Cthulhu. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. Whenever I see this shit, where it's just it's like the red, they're just red flags, yeah. dude. That's red flag after red flag. I just keep thinking, what are you? You're telling me all about yourself. You're telling me, uh, telling on yourself again, telling on yourself again. I remember when Trump got elected. This became a, a huge thing, and people would go on Facebook. And I, I remember there was one that was like it had to have been a five thousand word post, and I read every single word of it because it's like watching a car crash. But it was a woman who was talking about how she was walking down the street, and this, uh, like a Trump supporter in a MAGA hat pulled over and said, "Hey, you dumb bitch, guess who's president now? Uh, you fucking little I, I, slut." I remember and that. I, and I was reading this, and I was like. This is fucking hilarious. Does it like we can file this immediately under things that definitely happened? And I went, I looked at the comments, and people who I know, good people, nice people, good, kind Christian boys and girls, not really, they were liking it and they were saying, Oh my God, I'm so sorry that this happened to you. And I was like, I feel like I'd slipped into the twilight zone. I was like, People are just making shit up, dude. They were, they were. Well, you might have some, shown that. To I might me, have shown actually. that one to you, but here's what something weird happened though. Over four years, is there was there became this feedback loop where it was like this competition of here is what here is this wish fulfillment of me being attacked by this this foe, and then here is this the response from that other side was mm-hmm. to apparently actually do it because then I started to see after that actual instances of that and it was so and it was ramped up because of this it was like the 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 little dictator in the barber chairs the two little hitlers going up 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 and everybody hit ramped it up and ramped up the rhetoric to where you can very easily find the equivalent of that story happening in real time you know for real but it's is but nothing Mm -hmm. is for real anymore because it's a response to a conversation 12 layers deep with their enemy and um Anyway, it's just funny that, you know, I hadn't thought about that story, which I 100 percent thought was bullshit at the time. Um, but 
four years later, I, I think I've seen the equivalent of it. And it's uh, and I think it's because of the bullshitting, if that makes any sense. I yeah, think that, that yeah, they, like, they, they wished it. They people wished this into being almost. Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. Yeah. The, that's that, that's one of the most frustrating elements of the news cycle that, you know, where you can something will happen and there will be a narrative built around it. And you're you know that it's wrong. You think to yourself, well, that's that's just not that's not true. But then, like you said, it's repeated so many times, six months down the line, it really does happen. And then right. they retcon the whole thing to say, see, you didn't believe it at the time. And it's like, well, it's like people who go online and talk about how depressed they are all the time. It's like, I don't believe that, you know, I think that a lot of that shit is done for attention initially. But then I think you probably really get do depressed. get depressed <laughs> yeah. if you if you talk about how shitty your life is all the sure. time. Because, you know, again, most normal people just don't right. talk about that shit. The, 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 it, people on on social media seem to be manufacturing their own reality. Um, yeah. And it's and it's based on Spooky. a ba- it's based on a battle. So they're conjuring up th- a reality they hate. Right. You know, it's a reality they don't want, but they're making. I don't know. It it sounds like anybody who hasn't listened to this podcast might think we're dismissing actual trauma or grief. So it's not what we're talking about. We're talking about that other internet creature, which I'm sure if you look, if you look around, you've seen it. You've seen now, that. Now I think people. Well, here's the thing, dude. If you have real trauma or grief, you need to seek medical help. There are professionals who deal with this thing. They're they're called therapists, and um. Not everybody can afford those, but they have BetterHelp.com. I think you can like pay a hundred bucks for a month and talk to it to somebody. I mean, this is this is probably uh, serious bush league therapy, right? But it's still it's it's better than typing it on the internet. That is certainly not making it not making it better. There's this whole thing about like you know you can't keep things bottled up inside. You absolutely can, and in a lot of cases i've done that pretty well for my entire (laughs) existence and actually i was told that i am impervious to therapy so i uh i can't be helped but you can i like how you put that phone number out there like don't listen to them don't listen to us maybe call this number that's uh, that's literally what i'm trying to say (laughs) is is that this is depression is a medical condition that you can't uh rationalize your way out of and i take uh I take suicide very, very seriously. Um, I, I, that's why I don't like seeing a lot of the internet pylons and shit like that because people really go and fucking hang themselves after some mm-hmm. of this stuff. And um, so I'm being like dead serious. I'm, I'm not trying to dismiss anybody's shit. But what I'm saying is you you are not helping yourself or other people by uh, romanticizing or glorifying or even just using it to get attention. You know, I mean, people are like dogs in a lot of ways. And there's a Pavlovian response to where you if you constantly do this thing and you'll hear people swear up and down, this helps me. It's catharsis. No, you are directly learning to associate your trauma with a dopamine hit from the likes that you get on Twitter. It's not good for you. Get help. But in the the last serious thing that I say on the show. in, In the simplest terms, though, isn't it if you're. If you want some attention because you're depressed and lonely, um, aren't you kind of stuck in that circle of this over uh, 
indulgent like confessional kind of thing on the internet like you know what i mean like oh, it, yeah. is yeah. that if if you want attention then it when you say you people want attention it i don't know if that's all bad like it might be the closest thing to a relationship somebody has at that moment is it is bad is, because is the internet no it is bad because it's tied to it's tied to a dopamine response it's tied to an actual narcotic well they your, the, well yeah so they shouldn't be they they should reach out somewhere besides anywhere that's designed correct. designed yep. to give you happiness through a like. Or it's through. like saying it's like saying I'm a depressed alcoholic and the only thing that makes me happy is going to the casino. Like well that might be true, <laughs> you know getting getting drunk at the Windstar, but uh, but I think we would all agree that's not healthy. No. So I really I don't. You know what I like I like how we we paired our knife reviews with Suicide Corner. <laughs> I think that. Uh, it's gonna be great for. Our, I'm glad that our our last our last oh. podcast is going out in style. All right, let's oh, talk about man. a goddamn movie, dude. What do you yeah. got? You got the empty man. In. Yes. I got the empty man. The empty I man. so I was attracted to this movie because I uh, I saw a, a promo on Twitter, and I think the way that they promoted this movie is very clever, and I think that more people could find success in doing a similar thing, because. It got unceremoniously dumped in theaters last October. I don't even think theaters were barely open to begin with. So it cost sixteen uh, $16 million to make. It made back $4 million total bomb. And so they they didn't know what to do with it because it is a little weird. Um, and so they promoted it on this tweet as being this, you know, this cult classic that just got, you know, rolled over. And in the description... The director, uh, David Pryor, says that one of his major influences was Mulholland Drive. And um, that being maybe my favorite movie, depending on the day of the week, I was like, call classic, you know, Cthulhu, Old Gods theme, detective story, Mulholland Drive. I mean, spoiler alert, it's nothing like Mulholland Drive at all. Um, Not even like style, not even stylistically, but it got me in the door. And I'm actually I'm okay with being lied to. Um, yeah, you were lied because to. that's all that's all that's all marketing <laughs> is anyway. But what I'm trying to say is that it was a very effective uh, hook. Yeah, um, I think that uh, I may have le- I may have enjoyed it less than you. I I think um, I, I saw a lot of kind of redundancies in it and a kind of a mishmash of other stuff. I and that's. I'm just kind of poisoned by my memories of other movies. The The opening was particularly weird for me because it, I think I texted you and I said, man, this guy likes alien a lot. There's, there's like three shots that people might not notice. Uh, they'll notice the one, which is a, um, there's an opening co- sort of prequel to the movie that I, I'm pretty sure was filmed later. And we can talk mm-hmm. about that in a little bit. It's, it feels like there was some tinkering and someone said, we need to start off. Oh, they did. Yeah, that's that's documented. Yeah. Well, they made it longer is what they did. It started off as, I think, five or six minutes and they extended it out to to, uh, 20. Yeah. So it's it's a easy. I thought it was maybe even a half hour before you get to this is kind of a new trend where you have a half hour before you get to the opening title. And uh, and so there's there's some people in Tibet and they come across a, a weird skeleton and you can go more into depth in a second. But when they. He approaches it. It's very much shot like when they find the guy in the, the skeleton in the seat, an alien. Not mm-hmm. only that, it looks like it, 
And not only mm-hmm. that, they also have a shot where they must have filmed it upside down and they had water dripping off of it. So it gives it that otherworldly water is dripping up for just a second, just enough mm-hmm. to make your brain think you're looking at something weird or, or that it's affecting the atmosphere in a weird way. Did they um, do that in Alien? Is that they an Alien? Did. They did. Oh, it oh, happens. And he reaches out to touch one of the eggs and water is dripping up. And uh, and also the third thing, which is a very distinctive shot in Alien, is somebody in that movie. And it happens a couple times. And I think Cameron even did it because really Scott did it. He did it in the sequel where somebody will shine a flashlight on something like the skeleton. And then the flashlight will move away as the person moves away. But the camera stays on the skeleton in the dark. So mm, if you can, okay. if you can, so you can picture that like something's illuminated, yep. uh-huh. it, that moves away, but the camera eye doesn't move away. So you're still looking at this dark spot where the thing used to be. It's like a hint of it. It's a very distinct shot. That's that's kind of aliens money shot. And they did that. So they did all three of those things right at the beginning. And I thought, man, this skeleton better it better be another alien at this point because you got me ramped up for. You reminded me of one of the best horror hybrids ever made so um and that stuff that kind of uh that kind of stuff starts to distract me you know what i mean <coughs> okay i see what but, you mean but uh, i so, was, i will say i liked the detective work that guy was doing um and i kind of wish he wouldn't have been a former cop it would have make it more fun that he was tracking down missing people and he's stumbling onto it, it reminded me of parallax view which i think you watched recently too didn't you mm-hmm. Where he finds uh, this, so he finds this company, right? This, I like that shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so real quick, in case nobody knows what we're talking about, The Empty Man, 2020. Uh, it is based on a comic book written by Colin Bunn and illustrated by. Give me a second here, because everybody will get mad if I don't include the illustrator here. Uh, the Empty Man. Illustrated by the empty man himself? Yeah. <laughs> it's a matter. No, it's a woman. Oh, uh, Vanessa R. Del Rey. You see why I had to throw that in there? Oh, boy. Did. Um, uh, I didn't know it was a comic, and that kind of ruins things a little bit, too. It was like the only comic book thing, uh, unrelated thing I thought I was watching that day. Bro, it starts I'm, with a title card that has comic books in it. I, yeah, it but I, honestly, honestly, I thought that was just kind of pandering. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, like we can there's literally talk. comic books flashing on in front of the screen and it says, boom, stu- boom, comic studios. And you're like, huh? Well, they're really yeah, going but, far. You know, like, yeah. But like Robert Rodriguez is Troublemaker Studios and it's got a big fireball. And it, that's just what I thought it was. Boom. That's studios. Not, that's not a comic book, though, is it? These are these are comics with panels. There are literally yeah, but who's boom? thousands, that's not, thousands that's not of a, panels, that's thousands not of panels in like Marvel. a matrix like grid. DC, Dark Horse, and boom. Who the fuck it is, is it? It is a direct ripoff of the Marvel opening with the comic panels flashing by and shit. They're like, let's do it one better. And That's make why it I, thought, I thought it was a parody. I thought it was like, they're like riffing on it. I don't know. I, honestly, I didn't know it was a comic. And that would have turned me off. And it turns me off. The shame of this turns me off even more. Oh, man. Okay. So it deals, it opens, like Dave said, with uh, four hikers in Tibet who are just having a good time. And then one of them hears a strange noise and falls down a hole. And when his buddy goes down to get him, 
the guy who fell down the hole is sitting cross-legged in front of this uh, creepy skeleton with uh, very, many very arms. Very, very Giger-esque. Very Giger-esque, yes, indeed. And uh, he's basically he can't he can barely talk, but he tells the guy that if he touches him, he's gonna die. And the, so the guy touches him uh, and brings him back up <laughs> to. <laughs> I like, I like that. It's like, it's like gremlins. Don't feed him after midnight. He does, he yeah. violates the – he's in front of an otherworldly alien skeleton, and somebody says, don't do this thing. And he's like, tap, tap, tap. <laughs> Did you tell me not to touch you? Are, See, you, are, and here's, are you hitting yourself? Don't stop yeah. hitting yourself. <laughs> I know, dude. And I know if I was in that position, my friend would be getting left in the cave. Um, <laughs> but the th- – okay, so here's the thing, though. Um I think that there are a lot of Reddit atheist type people who would who would do exactly what his his friend yeah, does. I would have ta- I would have tackled you. I would have tackled you if you said that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Been, and then you would have died. I would know. So. I would have it would have been a gentle headlock, and I would uh-huh. taken you out of the, I would taken you out of the hole, <laughs> and um, we would have gotten the fuck out of there because they yeah. weren't. I don't know. I don't understand. Here's my here's another problem. They what are they what were they gonna do? They get there. And the, their one friend is sort of injured. He's he's like catatonic, so they got to carry him. Yeah. But they immediately panic and like, what the fuck? We need to find shelter. What were you? You were spending the night there anyway. Yeah. So what was your beat? And then they find that shack. And I'm thinking, lucky for you, because you were not prepared to spend the night in these in the Himalayas or whatever. What, what mm-hmm. were they going to do if everything went according to plan? You know what I'm saying? Uh, I know exactly what you're saying. Here's the thing. It's inspired by Mulholland Drive, so it's not supposed to make any sense, right? Not, the whole movie first of all, is, that's not, not true. Both of those things you said are <laughs> wrong. It's, it's not inspired by that, and it's supposed to make sense. Inspired by Mulholland Drive, the David Lynch film. It's from, inspired uh, by the year Marvel 2000. Comics, and I know that because it had a little it's a, it's a mishmash. It's like, what if somebody made a comic book but also had seen a David Lynch movie? Okay. It's, it's definitely a mishmash. It's got... Here's the it other is, oh, it's definitely a mishmash. They, yeah, no they've jokes got, there. So the empty man is mm-hmm. – uh, um, d- let me just jump forward the plot a little bit. So bad shit happens, and uh, the, the last survivor of that um, expedition is brought back and hospitalized. But they don't. we don't know that until the end. Spoiler, sorry. So uh, meanwhile, in the small town, teenagers are disappearing – and before they disappear, they're acting really weird. They're whispering in people's ears. Very, very like uh, teen horror, The Ring. Yes, type yes. Stuff. It yeah. gets very, it gets very The Ring, Candyman. It gets, you know, it gets that kind of. This is where I thought it also failed. Was it's got this? It's got a, an urban legend, right? And mm-hmm. the urban legend is that if you blow into a bottle, if you, if yep. you take a bottle, you're like, don't do it, bro. Don't do it, dude. Don't do it on this podcast. Don't you bring that evil onto this podcast. <laughs> and what do you say? What are you supposed to say? You're supposed to say, uh, well, because the, they're always whispering. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. Don't do that. I, I like hate it. it. I hated that part of the movie, man. I hate ASMR. I, I don't like all that. that shit either. I know that was the worst like, part. Like ASMR videos of, uh, you know, I'm baking you a cake quietly. It's like, would you like this cake? I'm making it for you. I'm putting the. I'm like, oh, it's terrible. It's awful. I hated that part. I hate that is that wasn't scary to me. That just like uh, set my teeth on edge. Yeah. It's like somebody chewing gum in your ear. But yeah, so they do. They blow in the bottle and they say, "Show me the empty man" or something. And then Mm -hmm. they say, "On the first day, let me see if I can remember. On the first day, you'll hear him." 
On yep. the second day, you'll see him, and on the That's third, right. he takes you, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these <laughs> I kids... like the voice. <laughs> I like the old crone voice for that. Yeah. There's no old crone in the movie, but oh, I like it. of the nine fingers <laughs> and, and the, the ring, ring of doom. doom. Why does he have nine fingers? I'll tell you why he has nine fingers. He's only got five Oh, my God. <laughs> I hate it so much. Dude, do you ever get annoyed by the fingerprints on your blade? I'm looking at it now, and I'm fucking I'm annoyed that my fingers believe, are disgusting. I can't believe you touched your blade. You're out of the knife. You're not supposed to? You're not supposed to? Never touch your blade. And if you okay. can't put it, and now that you've taken it out, it can't go back until it has blood on it. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, I cut my thumb. Does that count? Hold on. I'm coming. All right. No, no, no. <laughs> so uh so yes fingerprint prints on the blade on the first day dave will leave his house <laughs> on the second One day year later on the second day he will be uh, i don't know sitting on an amtrak or something <laughs> on the third day he'll call you from the bus station and ask for a ride <laughs> day four he texts you something stupid someone said on facebook <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so they dis- they keep disappearing, and uh, they um, one of their dads. Well, actually, it's it's a friend of the dad. It's very weird. He's like this peripheral yeah. character, but they explain right. it later. This mm-hmm. ex cop starts looking for the teens, and um, they I don't know. Like my fr- my first gripe was the the urban legend itself didn't make much sense to me, this, especially in in relation to the to the the bookends. Like the, yeah. I wish the urban legend makes was some, no sense. Yeah. Why didn't it have something to do with the bottles? If you're gonna have a I, bottle, well, yeah. have something. To well, do with it's the it's it gets summoned at the beginning with that little uh, bone ocarina thing that he has. Um, so I think that, but no, it doesn't make sense. I'm not really gonna try to explain it because it that's is the one thing that I will not argue with anybody. The Candyman uh, hour that's in the middle of the movie. It's it's very yeah. It's very it much really, to get the teens in the seats. It, it's to get it doesn't teens. it doesn't have anything to do with with anything really. It, like the movie starts when he goes to the um, the Pontifex cult society thing Mm -hmm. that's that feels to me more like the movie but no the um there's a couple of gory kills there's some uh gratuitous uh, teenage nudity in the movie which you know i i give them credit for it you know i i don't know if movies are doing that very often but i was like oh wow they really okay you know this is supposed to be a girl in high school and she's completely naked that's actually what amy said we're watching it it kind of took us aback we're with a wait, it's bold. Watching? It's like it's kind of like an '80s move, you know. Like, it, yeah, it it feels lecherous, and I'm and I I don't I don't mind. It feels it feels bold in this kind of sterile environment. It, it was just another example of another movie that it was yeah. kind of aping, right? It's it's uh-huh. got all these different. It's it didn't feel like the movie that would have that moment in it, but it was like all right, I guess we're doing this now. Um, yeah, yeah the, uh, it's, a, it's a cool kill too, though. So the girl is in a spa, and of course she blew in the bottle, right? So she's getting stalked, and uh, she's in all this steam. I thought that was a cool shot when you can see the uh, the boogeyman in the fog. I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, um, I I I but, do like. I would agree with you as far as the those kills, even though it's it was very Final Destination or very. Uh, paranormal activity it's one of those things where you can't stop it because you're you're stabbing yourself or whatever yeah right and exactly. those things those things freak me out because they're so unfair you know 
It's yeah. just so it's such a like if you're gonna battle some otherworldly entity, it's like mm-hmm. can't you can't you play fair? I don't want to sit here and stab myself. It you know would what I mean? Cool. It would actually be cool to have like a set piece in the spa, right, where she's actually like running away and you know doing like kind of having some sort of agency. I see what you mean. Yeah, it's kind of. Um, have you ever seen the Japanese ring movies? I did. Yeah. You know how there's some because uh, those are set up as almost short stories, you know, mm-hmm. where like five or six people watch the tape or maybe. No, I'm thinking of The Grudge. I'm thinking, thinking of, of the, the Grudge. Well, The Grudge um, doesn't. Like, no, the, the Ring has the tape, but. Um, the, but the, the Grudge is the one where like the sequences will be like people running from the thing and trying to get away. And then, you know, it's like it's under their blanket or whatever. Um, and I think that those are really effective because you know, it puts you with them. Like, you know, are they going to get away? Aren't they in this one? Like you said, you're fucked. Cause it's just going to take you over and make you stab yourself in the eye with a pair of yes. scissors. Where did the scissors come from? I forgot. Yeah. Where I don't know. What, don't you take scissors into the shower with you? What <clears throat> yeah, that's true. To nice trim metal, my big metal scissors into the shower. Yeah, just a big, just a big pair of scissors. <laughs> and, and then I, and then I just, you know, put a bunch of banana peels on the, on the floor <laughs> for for security um but yeah there's something but, about the the where you don't realize you think you're fighting something but you just stab the shit out of yourself or lit uh, yourself on fire those things yeah. are always it always seems like such a cheat and it, and it is it is kind of creepy because there was a, actually a movie that i didn't think was great uh, everybody really liked it at the time and i thought it was just kind of okay that oculus did you see that one no, no. Did it's they, not. It's not really. Did they have Jennifer? What's her name in it? Um, yeah. The one from Dragged Across Concrete. Um, I don't know. It has somebody, yeah. uh, vaguely famous indie actress. Um, yeah. But there's a scene in it where um, one of the characters thinks she's eating an apple, and uh, then she realizes she's been eating a light bulb, and that kind of stuff. I I do think that kind of stuff is creepy where you've been tricked by the thing into hurting yourself. Yeah. And, uh, and this movie had a lot of that. So I'll give it credit for that. So you get from this teen slasher and our hero who's uh, played by the actor, James Badge Dale, who was great. He was our Sparrow Creek guy. Um, I think that, he's a great. That's who that guy was. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's great, man. He's I, good, I thought man. he, I thought he was good in this movie too. I liked his, um, every man sort of approach. Yeah, he's got a good, he, he doesn't, good he doesn't have a ton energy. to work with. He doesn't have a ton to work with, but I mean, I feel like he brings the right amount of, you know, disbelief, but then, you know, it felt like what a guy, just a regular guy would, would be doing if he was caught up in some shit that was bigger than him and he didn't understand it. So he starts, he starts uh, tracking down this, this girl who is, uh, uh, the daughter of somebody he was having an affair. Like none of that shit makes sense either. Towards the end, I didn't get what the fuck was going very, on. Very overplotted um, with his relationships uh-huh. to the everybody. Uh huh. Um. So basically, it leads him. You know, all the clues lead him to this place called the the Pontifex Institute, which is a cult that's uh, headed by this uh, this great character actor. What's that guy's name? I always forget his name. It's, but he's in a bunch Mil- of stuff. It was Milton. Milton from Office Space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's but he's great, dude. Yeah, I mean, good. his 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 speech was like normally I think that you know the preachers' speeches in movies are corny. Like remember Red State, you know, like where there's there's like the fire and brimstone bullshit. This speech that this cult leader gives, uh, I was like, damn, he's kind of spitting facts on this one. You know, he's talking about how 
words lose their meaning if you say them over and over again and there's you know it's this weird nihilistic almost like nietzschean uh, yeah, it was kind of it was kind of Legati meets Videodrome yeah. kind of deal. It, it uh, reminded me of Videodrome and Parallax View, and they actually had the same. You fill out the sheet of how uh, um, how you're a misanthrope. It's like trying to, does it's trying your to brain find a loner. Yeah, have, or do you ever feel like, like you've been wronged? Yeah, all those things were also in Parallax View, which is kind of interesting. Like, what do they? It's almost like they're not just looking for outsiders that want to be in a cult they're looking for soldiers or something it was a weird it was a weird list yeah so uh he basically um he 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 does some digging the way you do and he you know goes deeper and deeper into this institute's building it's in uh st louis which must have been a they must have gotten some kind of tax break to film it in st louis because i can't imagine why else you'd do that um it's a great city but i mean come on but uh <laughs> oh poor poor jed's out there maybe he's listening <laughs> he's he's my favorite part of st louis um <laughs> I get, mine or, too mine too good, uh, subterranean books is it yeah is it still there yeah i don't still i there. probably not after the pandemic where's that place we went to with the moon was it like the, the moon the moon oh, bar or something yeah, yeah we were like uh yeah we were on a rooftop in a big comfy chair mm-hmm. that's where we Talking met look at that you're bad mouthing where we met true yeah Maybe that's maybe that's why I have such ill will towards the place because I knew this guy oh, this guy's gonna be sending me Facebook status updates. Okay, that you know what you just did. There's the knife. Oh shit! Oh shit! Hold on, let me do mine. Let me do mine. Oh, there we go. Also happens when I when I get excited. Like, tell me something. What? <laughs> tell me something. What you think would excite me? What would excite me? Uh, hey Dave, what? I got you. I got you a box full of knives. <laughs> kind of worked um, well should we spoil but, the end uh I don't, it's a big well, spoiler mm, maybe we shouldn't maybe we should i don't think go. so man i think that i because i don't think <laughs> enough people have seen this thing yet but i think that we can kind of we talk around it i mean i think that it um yeah the movie so a movie making sense isn't huge for me it, it doesn't really matter um i did really like the last hour of the movie i thought that it had some uh really effective atmosphere to it um there's a videotape with people trying to make uh cult members become possessed i, I liked all those set pieces in the woods yeah, as i was yeah, watching I it um i think i said to amy when it got into the cult stuff i I said I imagined you at home going, mm, nom, 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 nom. Yep. Oh, give, yeah. me that, okay. give me that cult. Nom, 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 nom. I, I loved, I loved <laughs> like, all that like stuff. Like cookie, cookie Monster, just, oh, give me all that cult stuff. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. But like, um, so I liked, I loved all that, and I, I liked, uh, I liked the ending. I thought that the ending was, was good, even though a lot of it kind of didn't make sense. You know that, man, it's impossible to talk about without spoiling it. Oh, I can't do it. Um. Well, maybe we'll talk about it later. But there's a thing that happens towards the end where he calls someone on the phone, and uh, they're like, "What? Who? Who is this?" And that that part made absolutely no sense to me at all. I didn't get what was going on. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, um, it. The problem is that it has the sixth sense problem, which is. It, yeah, it was trying to be too like what? What? It make, well, they well, they well, already I mean, had a mind fucker for the ending, so well, I didn't get why they needed to do that. Right. It's one of those things where, w- with a sixth sense, you realize that uh, this is 
Now, spoiler, sort of a spoiler by comparing it, but you real uh, Bruce Willis realizes as right when the audience does that he is a ghost yeah. and that all of his interactions have been um, he hasn't really been interacting in the way he thought he was. So he thought he was having conversations with people. But if it's actually pretty well done where it's they're all one sided or somebody's not talking back to him, but he doesn't realize it. And it's all very carefully orchestrated so that it makes sense within the realm of the movie. But as soon as you think about it for five seconds, it's like, what did you do with the rest of your day, ghost? Yeah. You know, right. what did you do when it was when you weren't visible on the screen being carefully uh, with when you're away from the puppet master? All, it mm-hmm. all falls apart. So with this, it was kind of similar where you thought, OK, sure, those moments might work in that in that very, very narrow um, view, uh, but then when you think about what his day would be like, none of it makes sense. When you think about what his relationship looks like, it only makes sense in the moment to get you through the narrative. That's a really good point, actually. I never and, thought about it that way. That's what I immediately thought when that phone call happens, and I thought, mm, yeah, I see what you're doing there, but uh, what, it what was he doing work, all day? Right? Yeah, yeah it, does, it doesn't. It doesn't work. Who is who is he talking to? Those other times, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't. Then the, I guess it, the cheat is: is it just a <clears throat> fake memories app i I didn't like that yeah i didn't i really didn't like that i think that they felt that was probably that feels to me it feels to me like a test screener thing it feels like a test screener thing where people were like well how do you explain you know him talking to this person so much you know if if this other thing happened and bro the movie already doesn't make sense just go with it just yeah that's what i exactly exactly it it was um I think it was one of my one of my writing instructors said you can get away with a lot of creative confusion if you're if you're good at it. And it's you know, you don't have to. People will follow you into very confusing things that don't make any sense. You don't have to wrap it up. You don't have to tie up the loose ends as long as you're good at it, as long as you're entertaining, as long as you can entertain will keep those balls in the air. But as soon as people have time to scrutinize, um, then you must have. Uh, you must have taken your foot off the gas and they do kind of take their foot off the gas and they say, let us explain it all. And then they start showing you scenes boom, from other points boom, of view. Boom, and I thought eh, that didn't eh. that didn't make sense either. That that whole that whole, you know, time thing didn't really make sense. OK, here's my review so that we can stop dancing around the ending and okay. driving okay. people nuts. I thought it was it had some really effective atmosphere. I, I mm. liked the I liked the thing in the. uh I like the thing in the cave. I like the stuff in the. Hold on a second. Hold on. I had the thing. <laughs> like I like the the cabin stuff. I like the cult stuff. And here's the thing. Here's what I I, I kind of wanted to talk to you about because I actually I like the stitched together mishmash tonal shifts of the movie. I thought that was actually pretty fun. I like I like the audacity of trying to put kind of uh, two maybe even three. Actually, it's, yeah, it's definitely three movies together into into one to uh to middling results so my my review is that it's not successful right it's not successful in the sense of like not being able to see the the suture lines Mm -hmm. but i did like i did like the kind of uh the schizophrenic uh uh flip-flopping it did back and forth it sounds like you saying it's almost good that's what you're saying yeah i mean that that yeah Actually, yeah, that's exactly. That sounds what like I'm a, let's let, we could we could do something. Like that. 
I wonder if we could mm-hmm. do something with that as an idea. Maybe. Maybe. Well, I'm I'm with you as far as I I don't mind when things are very ambitious, and this was definitely ambitious. And I think the the nature of home video, the fact that theaters were closed, even helped it, because like you said, they they definitely did not. There's no deleted scenes for this one. We no. I I think the deleted scene reel is all in this movie because it, you got a solid two hours. If not, if it wasn't two hours, it sure felt like it of every possible idea that the filmmaker had. And I prefer mm-hmm. those. I like to see I'm yeah. at home. I'm not going anywhere. I don't give a fuck if it's four hours, six hours long. I'm as long as I am comfortable in my home, I will follow you. I will follow you on this journey. So longer movies at home that are overly ambitious and big old messes. I'm totally on board with um, that being said, uh, it was, it was just okay. It was for right. It was good to come across it right now. I was in the mood. I was in the mood for it. I think I would have been less forgiving um, at any other time. If you were uh, maybe grumpy or something. Or if I was, if I I was seeing it through um, Amy and I watched it together and uh, she was also kind of in the mood for a popcorn movie. So we we wanted to have fun, you know. We wanted to watch it and have fun. She so, get her on for a third mic sometime. She just get her to, because I'm I'm assuming that she'd have a very different opinion than the two of us. Oh yeah, nice. She um, I think she actually said something very uh, smart and theoretical about the film, which I do not remember. So, God uh, damn it! This, this I, was, right, I, was, I was on the edge yeah, of my seat. I, I really know this is where it would happen. Is. Right here is where it would happen. You would have heard. Yeah something surprisingly intelligent in the middle of this podcast. Imagine it happened right there. Uh, but I had uh, here. I want to ask you this real quick. Yeah. Uh, did you, when I was watching the, uh, the urban legends and it got me thinking about Ouija boards, you know, and letting, letting the evil into the house. And uh-huh. did you, uh, did you dabble? Did you dabble with some, with any of those urban legends? Did you ever fuck with anybody with, uh, oh, that's a good question. Um, did I dabble with urban legends? Let me think. Let me think. I would no, no, I didn't. But what I did was actually maybe more sadistic, which was uh, create my own urban legends and then fuck with my friends about that. Like this is maybe we were 10, 12. I lived in Germany and there was this uh, in the woods. There was this abandoned uh, German pillbox thing. Right. Um, and inside of it, like a bunker. Okay. Uh-huh. And inside of it, there was all kinds of graffiti, very creepy. You know, it's in the middle of the woods. It's creepy. And I would like uh, make up stories about uh, ghosts and shit like that. And I would, you know, I just bring them out and be like, fuck, man, did you hear that? And be like, oh, shit. What the fuck was that? Blair Witch style, you know? Right, right, right. And uh, but I don't know. I've always been a big chicken when it comes to real urban legends. I never did Bloody Mary. Um, the kids were doing Bloody Mary at the YMCA when I was like nine or 10 in the bathroom there and screaming and running out and shit. And I was just like, uh, I'm not doing that shit. And then, uh, uh, what else there was, uh, I've, I have actually, for all of my, uh, kind of occult leanings, I have never, I think touched a Ouija board in my entire life. I just, I just won't do it. I'm too scared. See, I, I've had so many Ouija board experiences and, I, I don't know if I ever told you I tricked my uh, my sister-in-law, my brother's wife, and hit her kids with a very elaborate setup with an, with a Ouija board. They had just moved into a new house, and um, I know I knew that there had been a pool in the backyard, but they didn't know I knew that. 
and uh, I got the their kids a Ouija board, and they're like, "We're not touching that shit." And uh, so it not, they hadn't really moved in completely. It was very very little furniture. So if you can imagine this this house with very little furniture and a Ouija board. And I got my sister-in-law in there and I just moved it around and had it spell out like this name, Joey and drowned, you know, and these, all these fucking, all these words yeah. and backyard, you know, and uh-huh. uh, she was like fucking turning white because they knew that there had been a pool in the backyard, but didn't know that I knew that. Mm-hmm. And uh, they brought it up for a decade later. They would talk about the Ouija board and Joey and that shit. And, um, that was one, and another one with my sister. Did you ever come clean oh, about that shit? I think I did. Well, I just did, but I think I might have to the, to my nieces. I think I confessed to them, <laughs> but I'll let my I'll let my sister in law sweat a little bit. I think she I don't think she likes me anyway, so I'll let, I'll let her sweat it out. But the uh, um, my sister was you know she was a, a late a late addition to the family, so um, you know when you have a decade plus on on someone. You have all sorts of time to think about elaborate ways to fuck with them. And so we had these things when she was little, like, I don't know, she might have been nine or ten. I had found all these, uh, we found all these marbles in the uh, garden behind the house when my dad was doing, uh, putting in a, a deck. And they were kind of misshapen green marbles. They might have been used for something else, like insulation or something weird. But so I gathered them all up and I showed them to her and I said they were dragon eyes. We found all these dragon eyes outside. Mm-hmm. And then when I showed them to her, I'm like, but wait, don't look at them. If you look at them, you'll die. And uh, so she so she would try not to look at it. So if you imagine a little kid like wants to look at it, but mm-hmm. telling themselves not to look at it. So then I went into the house and I put them all over the house. So she would yeah. she would open up the cupboard to get some cereal. Bro, and there'd be a little so fucking, fucked up. <laughs> and there'd be so some, fucked up. There'd be a fucking little marble. There'd be a little green marble and there'd be a oh shriek. My God. Ah! <laughs> that is so funny. And oh, uh, even she talks about that even to this day. Understandably holds a grudge about the dragon eye situation. Yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. That's what you're the older brother, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, right, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I um I uh I would do very similar shit with my brother too. Same place, same kind of thing, so, you know, the woods, all that kind of shit. And I would be like, I'm getting possessed, you know. But I would like, I'd make it really good, and I'd be like, go, go, get help. Oh, it's got. And he would just be like, just weeping, you know. Like, oh. And I'd be, and I, I would be like, dude, I'm getting his ass oh, so good right now. Poor, poor, poor little Osborne. I know, I know. Sometimes I think about that, and I'm like, eh, that wasn't very nice. But you know, when you're a kid, seems like a good idea at the time. Um, yeah. Hey, I have so. A, what, were, go ahead. what were you gonna say? What were you gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say um, that I guess that wraps up. Uh, well, Empty Man. I would recommend it. Dave, would you recommend it? Okay, actually, no, no, no. I, I, I want to say one more thing. Sorry, sorry. I want to say one more thing. I, I almost forgot. Um, I do think that my enjoyment of this movie is predicated in a lot of ways the, the same way that yours is on the fact that there's just really nothing good that's been coming out. Um, and it just felt nice to watch a movie that was uh, fun and, like you said, ambitious and was not a uh, – uh, well, it is a comic book movie, shit. I know. I was about See, to say not a comic book movie. Fuck, dude. But it's fucked not a. But it's not, not a, a Marvel movie, okay? It's like, not, not, an not, indus- a, not an industry. You're not watching big, yeah. big, big product. Uh-huh. Um, 
I think that uh, I would I would say go ahead and check it out for those reasons. At the very least, you can follow along with uh, what we just talked about, and we can have a shared text. And if yes. you do that, I will send you a knife. Um, yeah, I mean, be careful, dude. There's a like at, at least at least twenty people listen to this. Dozens, podcast, so literally you know, dozens. <laughs> hey, I have, a, I have a surprise for you tonight. I have a surprise. What is it? Um, and I actually told people in advance that I was going to do this to you. Um, I know we just uh, we reviewed the Empty Man, but I'm actually prepared to rapid fire review every single Oscar nominated film, 2021. And I okay. think, that, and uh, I know right now you're like, God damn it! I got. Uh-huh. <laughs> you thought yeah. you were done. You thought you were done. But this is gonna be. It's like our Oscar picks, and you are doubly blessed because you don't even have to watch them. Because I'll just do I, it. I'm just gonna do yeah. it. What's just, I don't even know what's nominated. So well, this would be. I'm glad that you. I'm glad I could tell you all about it. First of all, there's a movie called Promising Young Woman, which is the is oh, the dark horse. Terrible. It's the dark horse in the running. I think you'd like it, or you'd at least like the first half. The plot mm. is that there's. Um, now bear with me. There's the plot is that there's a woman who pretends to be drunk to entice men into sexually assaulting her. Love and, it. And, I know, and but here's the problem. Uh, it sounds like a like a grimy '70s revenge thriller, right? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't do it. It doesn't. Here's the. It's like. Is this the one with Carrie Mulligan? Yes. I saw a trailer for this. Okay, it's coming back to me now. I forget yeah. when I saw the trailer, but yeah. It's okay. not. It's, it doesn't go far enough. Like I want. Mm-hmm. When I when I when I hear there's a movie about that that has this sort of. I don't know. It it should be like teeth where they're like ripping dicks off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like where right, where right. is the revenge? And what happens is um, what she does. And this is what's kind of inexcusable. She she entices. She acts like she's drunk. They'll take her home. They'll start to molest her in some way. And then she'll she'll kind of have the drunk voice. And then she's like, "What do you think you're doing, Joe?" And she mm. gets and then and which is a and the first time it happens, it's like that's pretty sweet. But then you realize that's all. She does. She so basically, it's a very of the moment sort of revenge. Mm-hmm. Revenge in quotes, meaning the revenge is lecturing people. The revenge, Yikes. her only revenge is shaming them. Right, dude. You want to know what I would do if I caught somebody dude, molesting tell, a drunk girl? Tell me all about dude, it. I'm, I'm, I'm taking and you would fucking get up. The, oh, I fucking, I fucking. Mm, I fucking oh, do that, and I yeah, fucking stab him in the fucking gut, and then I'd fucking, so and then I'd, and then I'd look at her, and I'd say, ma'am. Are you all right? Are you all right? Home, and then you put your and then you put your trench coat around her shivering shoulders (laughs) and walk her home. Um, Yeah, so you know, put my ICP hoodie on her. (laughs) I will. Let me just say, the first third is great. That Mm. what when you said when I started to tell you what it was about, and you're like, oh shit, yeah, that's what the first third is like. But then you start to realize that it's kind of toothless. It doesn't it's have anything like, else to it, it, yeah. Like after the first, there's hour, only one way that can go to be interesting, and it's and it's ugly. And it's an ugly know? '70s kind of place, right? But yep. instead, it turns mm-hmm. in, it's like the balloon flapping around the room, like all the air comes out of it, and it just mm-hmm. kind of turns into this. Tooth. You get gummed to death by it, uh, dude. <laughs> deflated balloons will always be funny to me, and I don't know why. It's <laughs> just it's just so funny. <laughs> That's what happens to it. Like there's a moment in it where she's going to get um, I don't want to go into the whole plot, but somebody was uh, somebody was uh, raped on a college campus and she's getting revenge for them. So she it's by proxy that she's 
mm-hmm. uh, getting revenge. And mm-hmm. she's uh, she wants to get revenge on the dean who who just sort of ignored the charges against the guy. It's very Brock Turner, right? Yeah. Um, and so she picks up the dean's daughter and pretends that she's doing a video shoot. And you see her pick up the dean's daughter, and she's like, "Oh, I'll, you want?" And she's like, "That's my favorite band." And she goes, "All right, I guess I'll take you over there." And then she goes to meet with the dean, the main character, and says, "You don't remember me, do you? I was here when so and so was raped. Do you remember that?" And the dean is like, "Oh my God, yeah. Uh, how is she doing? Blah blah blah." And then the protagonist reveals, oh, "By the way, I dropped your daughter off at a frat house with a bunch of booze." Um, mm-hmm. So she'll probably be getting uh, raped herself here and, and very soon. And you're like, holy mm-hmm. shit. But she didn't do it. But she mm-hmm. didn't do it. She just wanted her to think she did it. And I know for a lot of people that's enough that maybe like we don't want the. But my problem is the fear of maintaining sympathy for the protagonist makes right. it not a revenge thrill. In the, right. They never would have worried about that in an actual revenge thriller. You don't worry about maintaining sympathy. You don't re- you don't worry about her going too far. You want to follow her down this journey of, you know, this is what happens when you do that. This is what happens when you've you've let, you know, you've you've opened the you've opened the bottle and all hell is going to break loose and bad things are going to happen. But instead, the movie's like, well, it's enough just to shame all these people. So she Mm -hmm. just keeps reading them the riot act. She's like a a walking fierce meme. Right. Just reading. I hate that. I I hate that this is like uh, that. This toothless is a good word. As somebody who has not seen it, I feel I feel qualified to speak on it, though, you know, as a as a person who has seen the trailer. (laughs) And um, and no, I mean, it's I cannot believe. Well, actually, I can believe that there is a literal Oscar contender right now. That's a movie about a woman scolding people, scolding men. It's a it's a it's a weak year. I'll give it credit for that that in a weak year it doesn't look as much like an outlier as you might so think. we're gonna get so next year we're gonna get movies where people who are like COVID is fake and then we're gonna watch their buttholes fall out through their you know mouth or whatever you know Maybe. like yeah take that you toothless fucking idiot toothless yeah, is a good you. word for it you know what there's a movie that where you can actually see dicks get ripped off because a date rapist dicks getting ripped off and it's called literally teeth that mm-hmm. the movie teeth has the teeth you're looking for. That is the mm-hmm. teeth you're looking for if you want the teeth. But it's just crazy, mm-hmm. dude. Like the idea that movies by actual rapists like Roman Polanski are more effective pro woman revenge thrillers than this mm-hmm. movie. Like Repulsion, right. you know, like he and and the idea that it's not even her revenge story that's on behalf. Is of that somebody. the movie with all the hands? Repulsion has all the hands in the hallway. Um, on the po- yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. Yeah, it's way better. It, it, by better, I mean it's way worse. It's and that's what you want. You know, you don't mm-hmm. want something to be. And I wouldn't even say it's tasteful because there's a weird third act that's like straight out of very bad things. Mm-hmm. And I'm just gonna spoil it right now. Uh, can I spoil the ending for you? Oh yeah, go for she, it. She to get to get revenge on the actual rapist himself. She dresses up like a nurse and goes to his bachelor party to seduce him. And you think, okay, it's finally going to take that step into actual revenge. And she is then murdered by the guy. He t- <laughs> she ties him down to a bed and mm-hmm. starts to do her whole, her whole thing like, you remember me, Joe, or whatever his fucking name is. And he flips out and gets the upper hand and puts a pillow over her face and kills her. Mm. And 
the so the but what happens is she is left sort of a dead man's uh um what do you call that when you switch when, dead man dead switch. man switch. she's left a dead man switch so that the cops show up at this guy's wedding with uh proof that um she was at the party and they like he had burned the body in the woods and mm-hmm. so they're they're all going to go to jail and um People uh, smarter than me have pointed out that are you really gonna for your feminist uh, revenge story gonna leave it up to the cops to mm-hmm. deal out justice? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then and the mm-hmm. fact that it ends with two dead women and the, yeah. everybody else is fine like that's your revenge story is this weird sacrifice of the women yeah. just feels yeah. so gross. It, I don't know. I don't know. Right. Right. Yeah. I uh, I can't make heads or tails of why they would have chosen to do that. Um, it's just, and there's sounds, some, there's sounds really, bad. Sounds it, real bad. It's not real bad. I just was really mad at the last two thirds of it. It uh, sounded promising. And there's first. some. I have some minor problems with it too. They they've overdubbed all of the leads' dialogue. They've so, and Why? I think that's probably because they're trying to figure out the tone. I think so. They've put this sultry Kathleen Turner voice on her. I think they're trying Weird. to make it more of. Do you know how in Gone Girl and then that new movie I care a lot. As, I can't think of her name, but she does a very good narration of the sociopathic Ice Queen character. And I think they uh-huh. wanted that, but she didn't really have – the performance wasn't doing that. So they – if you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. They overdub this sort of sultry voice when she's talking. Uh-huh. And as, a, as a, somebody who closed caption shows for many, many years, I know exactly when they brought in – the ADR when they brought in the new voice and they definitely bring in a new voice from a lot of this movie. And I think it's because they couldn't get a handle on the tone. Is it funny? Is it a revenge movie? It's really, it's really none of them. Um, what is she trying to do with this? Is she like just trying to hold these people accountable? Is that the yes. idea? Yeah. And you know, the, <clears throat> the movie doesn't have to try to do anything if it's any good. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people are talking about what is the message here? This is troubling and problematic. I don't give a fuck what the message is as long as it's no. good. And yep. it's not. Um, and plus the, I don't know, the irony of the title is kind of funny because they've swooped up this director, this promising young director for the next Marvel movie. She's already going to be Dude, directing. That's her. the pipeline, bro. That's, that's the, the pipeline. You, you do your Oscar movie and then, and then that's the, and then you get to do black widow or some dumb shit. That's, uh, I mean, that's, that's where we're that's, at right now. That's the irony is the terrible last half is the mm-hmm. kind of down the middle mediocrity that would, she could probably make a good superhero movie because it's, you know what I mean? It's like a, it's a list of swipes from other movies. It's very normal. The first third though, I can't see that person making a superhero movie. And that's a compliment. But uh, mm-hmm. by the time it turns to shit, it's like, sure, why not? Why not make a yeah. superhero movie? Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do these faster because you're going to, I know you're itching to get out of here and I'm not going to no, let you. No, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. not going to let you. I'm so I watched, I'm actually, is it, hold on. Can I okay. go, I'm going to go get another Topo Chico. I'm you're going right. to need it. You're going to need it. Um, and back. How did that go? Uh, so the other one I watched is the uh, Sound of Metal. The Sound of Metal. Sound of Metal. These are are Oscar-nominated movies? Yep, these are Best Picture nominees or Best Actor. The lead of Sound of Metal is up for Best Actor. You probably know him from The Night Of. If you watch that. I think we talked about The Night Of. Who's this? What's your name? I don't know the guys. I I don't know. I'm dropping the ball. I don't remember his fucking name. Okay. Uh, I can look it up. Hold on. Am I on the... 
not even on the internet except no the guy from the night of he's really good in that hmm. i don't know i don't know i'm not here to campaign for these fucking people i'm here to give you my opinion oh is it wait is the is it the the prisoner in the night of uh, uh yeah the guy who's accused oh yeah he's a great rapper yeah, I, I like his, oh. his. He's in. He's in the Sweatshop Boys with uh, Himanshu Suri. Okay. What's his name? Reza something. Um, well, he's a. He's a terrible sludge metal drummer. Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed is his name. Yeah. This this movie is. Uh, the music in this is, and I actually like heavy metal. I like sludge metal. I like all sorts of metal. It's unlistenable. I don't know if it's purposely bad. Um, but the movie has no interest in music anyway, even though it's called Sound of Metal and even though the guy's in a band. And I guess it's based on a true story. It's based on a a couple who are in an RV and they tour around. Somebody, I want to say Glucifer, but that's not the name of it. Somebody was just telling me Glucifer. the name of this band. It's not Glucifer. Hey, how about this? How about this? How about this? How about this? The Hells Are Alive with the Sound of Metal. Huh? <laughs> it's a better no? title. Okay. Yeah. But the, the idea is, it's very simple. It's a very, very much an indie where uh, this heavy metal drummer is losing his hearing and he doesn't know how to deal with it. Oh, that so, sounds fucking great. That's awesome. <laughs> it's actually better than it sounds. The other one had the high concept idea, but it wasn't good. This one mm-hmm. has a very, uh, a very like uh, after school special kind of idea, but it's actually now, pretty hang well. On. This is 2019. I just looked this up. This is what? a oh released for december 2020 okay it was was a late late 2020 release okay but um 97 on rotten tomatoes this is a critical darling we have here yeah it's it's uh it's not bad i mean again it's a bad year so that's why it seems decent but um i think i don't know i have some theories about why we don't spend any time with the this metal scene and i think it's like the movie wants to avoid what has to be a very toxic scene. I think that there's a lot of, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it, it, do you yeah, really, dude. do you really want to follow a heavy metal drummer around? I mean, really, is it really no. going to be, is it really going to be a bohemian love fest in an RV, or is it going to be kind of gross? So it's I think that's gross, dude. Yeah, and I think I the movie it. didn't want to see it. The movie's like, well, this is our version of that. So he immediately loses his hearing, and he goes to a community, a deaf community, to figure out how to how to like live he has you know his whole life was music and his girlfriend is went on kept keeps touring without him he needs to learn how to to live without sound essentially and um yeah it's it's weird because uh he saves up money to get a a cochlear implant you know those the implant that tricks your brain into hearing um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what he talks about doing it, and he's immediately brushed off by everyone in favor of, no, you need to go to this immersive deaf community. And he's understandably frustrated. He's like, I, but I want to sell my RV and I want to I want to hear I want to. He's thinking maybe I can do this. I can continue with the life I had. And everybody's like, yeah, you don't want to do that. You want to go into this. You want to immerse yourself into this deaf community where you have no idea of how to communicate with them and you just want to spend time with them and i really didn't get it and i'm trying not to be insensitive about it but to just he's he's also uh out of rehab so there's that kind of combined with it but 
is it really the best thing to send somebody into that community right off the road and they can't talk to anyone and they just kind of put them in a room and say, uh, write, write down your feelings. And I'm thinking, is this, let him get his implant or let him yeah. play some music. I don't know. They, it seemed like they were, they, there was another movie there that they didn't really do, which is the, the idea that the, the deaf community doesn't consider themselves disabled. So to get that implant is to admit that, that it's a disability that needs to be fixed and that the community maybe is saying, you don't need to fix this. You just need to change. Um, and that is would be more interesting if it was more in the movie. Mm. But I, I think it hovers over the movie. I think that those implants maybe are more controversial than I know, the way that they treated that. But um, it's weird because uh, he gets it. He gets the implant and they kick him out. They kick him out of the community. And he Oh, goes, interesting. And see, yeah. and that could that could be a really interesting right. sort of examination of yes. you know of personal freedom and personal choice, and you know it's not necessarily saying that it's a disability to be deaf. I mean, I don't know. I I I don't even think I know any deaf people. But you know, it's like if blind people want to see or some facsimile thereof, or deaf people want to do something similar with their ears. Yeah, it's an interesting question, right? It's like, yeah, and I, I don't want to keep bringing up closed captioning, but we were very much um, in conversation with the deaf community because of working on captions for the deaf community, not just for assholes at bars who can't read the screen or, you know, can't hear the hear the game. Yeah. Um, and so the, the deaf community um, aspect of it, I felt was a little undercooked because I, I kind of wanted to get that debate. They tell him when he gets the implant, he comes in and he says, man, I just I don't know if I can be here. I want to be back on the road. I want to be with my girlfriend. And this is and the guy that heads the thing. He says, I look at you and I and I see kind of an addict and I don't think you should be around us. And, and, I, was thinking, wow. and I was thinking, that's, that's interesting. Damn, enough. The idea of being addicted to the world. I wish yeah. it was in the movie. I don't think it's in this movie. I think I'm adding a layer to it. Yeah, because they I think he's literally saying that this guy's going to relapse. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. he's. But uh, some of it is in there, but not not enough. That is an interesting question that I'll have to think about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, you know where I'm coming from, it's all about personal freedom, honestly. I think people should just be allowed to do whatever they want with their bodies, pretty well, much. It's you can understand if somebody's born with the inability, they if they can't hear at birth, then there would be no perception of something being wrong with them. They would just be this adaptation and this other community. But you know, for him, it's he's probably thinking. My life would be easier if I could hear, you know what I mean? Because yep. he, he mm. could hear until the day before. They have it happen like immediately. Mm. So I think that he was being kind of reasonable when he wanted this implant and it was treated. He was like a pariah when he got it. But it was just kind of fun. There was just it was an interesting movie. Uh, again, Amy watched it with me. Dude, so does she, that happen? Do people go deaf like just immediately? That's that's fucking scary, dude. Well, when you're sitting in front of those amps, maybe. Um uh. Yeah, true. They didn't, yeah, they didn't your really eardrums down, burst, right? They didn't p- pin down the reason. <clears throat> but there was there was one thing I wanted to mention. There's a script doctoring uh, uh, possibility here. Script and, doctor. Script doctor music would be here if we were still doing that. So he gets. So imagine the scene. You ready? This is a guy okay. that we've. we've we know him from this from his world in music. We know him on his. We've seen him on his RV 
is like very uh very hip rv with he's got a big mixing board on the rv and he's like That's he's all he's all around all this music he gets the implant they say come back in a month or whatever and we're going to turn it on so you're going to walk around with it on your head for a while but then when it's ready we're going to turn it on and we're going to calibrate it so you can hear then we'll know um we'll know how effective it is so he goes there on that day they turn it on and it sounds real shrill and scratchy and it's it's done it's done pretty well the idea of what it might sound like if it was more of a vibration than the voice but you can still make out what what the nurse is saying and uh, he's, of course, very disappointed. You know, he he was thinking his life would be normal again or his life would be back to what it was. So the, they turn it on and he's like, uh, it's not, I don't I don't know. Can you do, it's kind of high. Can you maybe make it a little bit lower? And she messes with it again. And he's like, uh, I don't know. And she's like, you know, it's not going to be what you remember. And then he walks out depressed. And I thought, and I was actually yelling at the screen. Amy was watching with me. And I'm saying, you are you kidding me? Why not have him use his music lingo and tell her and get increasingly frustrated and say uh too, too much trouble too much bass uh can you mix it this way can you you know what i mean like bring the music yeah. into it and then you can see him use seeing his music fail in this way you know it fails him again to where he's he's not part of that world anymore and he can actually bring the music scene into the movie where it hasn't really been in it before it was such a huge missed opportunity how do you not have them noodling with the implant using that sort of knowledge you know using his to show his frustration in a much more tangible way than just saying eh, it doesn't sound right and then leaving the room yeah, yeah. that is the, world, the beginning too to have him in yeah, the studio or something exactly yeah. the music the world of music is over for him it could be just so visualized so perfectly anyway that was my biggest part so sound of metal do 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 and my, uh amy also this was pretty funny when i was watching it and i was talking about I think they're trying to avoid the toxic masculinity of the heavy metal scene. And she's like, well, how do you know that there isn't just crappy music that sounds like this? And I said, well, I am well versed in uh, the heavy metal scene. And she goes, Ew, which proves my point, which totally right. proves my point. That, uh, yeah. Yeah. That there was an onion article that I'm trying to think of. It was something about, uh, you know, uh, venues not letting in under 18 kids anymore and like guys in emo bands holding a candlelight vigil or something like that uh i can't remember what it was it was some joke about like them being predatory but that's pretty much a well-known thing in that scene that it's like it's a bunch of sleazeballs man i mean it's why it's why people do it's why people are in bands nobody's really making nobody's in these bands well, to like, dude we've talked about this before like eventually it's gonna blow up on all of them everyone you could read any music biography right now and read some horrible, horrible shit that's like, did people not wait till they discover it? Just wait till they it's going to be a bunch of Ryan. Dude, Adams. my favorite bands, uh, my favorite band, System of a Down. I was watching a YouTube compilation and it was like System of a Down totally owns interviewers. Right. And it's just the guitar oh, no. player being a dickhead. There's one time where they're like talking to like a female uh, interviewer or whatever. And the guitar player is he's just like suck my dick, you know, like he's just being awful. So, and right. people, people, people in the comments are like, this isn't, uh, <laughs> this isn't cool, you right. know, because it's like, right. oh, that's what it was. The YouTube video was called, you know, eight times. System of a Down outclassed their interviewers. 
<laughs> and people are like, wait, we don't, I don't think you know what that word means. <laughs> that's, that's not what this is. Yeah, well, it's, um, that's something different back and then, that's boy. And that's my, fi- that's my favorite band, and I was watching that because I actually thought mm-hmm. that you know, interviewers were going to try to get them on, you know, their politics or something like that. And oh. you, I, I like a good own video as well as the next, next guy. And yeah. it was not that it was not that at all. Yeah, well, I'm going to do these, these next ones are going to be really quick because um, I don't know. You said that about the sound of metal. But, I know, okay. but I, I got, I kind of got down the, yeah, yeah. I got, I went down into the, to the, into the metal hole. Why so, is he so fucking deaf? Well, yeah. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> um, so man i'm just i'm doing you doing your i'm just doing your impression man that's not what it's not what i said it's not hey what I no said. deaf people listen to this dude we're good oh no no <laughs> oh no no that's what you just oh listen. boy oh geez don't make me pull it out the knife used to be the sound of arousal but now it's like rage boner yeah so mank the new fincher um I don't know. It's uh, you didn't ask, but I'll tell you whether I liked it or not. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the new, the, it's the new Fincher, so it's kind of like a reverse. It's like a reverse promising young woman in the fact that the last, the last half hour is great, but the first, the first like ten hours, I don't know, are kind of boring. It's kind of boring. Um, it kind of reminded me of White Hunter Black Heart for you Eastwood fans out there. Where you got some rascal work? One, right? What's that? It's the elephant movie. Yeah, it's where uh, uh, Clint Eastwood plays John Wilson, who is actually John Houston, and he's working on the script for the uh, African Queen um, with the writer. And so it's, it's similar. Similarly, it's like some some rascal is working on that famous script, right? Um, and then there's a responsible person who's working on it with him, trying to get him to stay focused. Except they kind of reverse. The responsible person in the scamp, whereas the scamp is the writer this time, and the director is Orson Welles, and he comes in as like the voice of reason. You know, let's get this done, Mank. Um, it's uh, it's kind of interesting. There's a really good um, sort of climax where you realize that it's about the writing of Citizen Kane, and when you realize that the writer is writing Citizen Kane simply because he was mad at some people that cast him out of their inner circle. That he was, that they were rude to him at a party. Essentially, he was then, all like, he was all like, yes. And when that happens, I was fully on board with the movie because it finally got petty enough. <laughs> instead of being like a, instead of being like this big sweeping statement about old Hollywood or whatever, which I'm sure it is, or or it's a love letter to Fincher's dad. I guess he wrote the script, or just it's really? kind of this, it's this jerk off movie where he, there no movies were in the theaters. So unlike Nolan, he's just like, I'm going to do this very indulgent straight to Netflix, giant black and white epic about Citizen Kane based on a script my dad wrote. And uh, the fact that it got nominated for Best Picture is hilarious because it's like you can't you can't not win if you make a movie about movies like Hollywood loves that shit. Right. Right. Um, they do. But yeah, it's uh, I would say skip to the end to a dinner dinner party scene where Gary Oldman is the drunken mank. Uh, who's just kind of like stinking up the place with uh, some big Don Quixote parable. And it's pretty sweet. Um, it's like du- it's like dueling parables. He does a Don Quixote. And then the guy who's sort of playing William uh, Hurst, Randolph Hurst, is uh, played by the guy from Game of Thrones who played the king. Um, he gives him a dueling parable about the organ grinder's monkey, which is uh, kind of drops the mic on him. And it's pretty good. It's a good sequence. Um, you know, I don't know. I'd give it in Fincher's 
uh, filmography, I'd put it above Benjamin Button, which is below everything else. So whatever. I forgot he did that terrible movie. I know. Holy shit, that was David Fincher. Oh my god. So the thing is, what are his best movies? What is a Fight Club for me? Seven Zodiac. And I will Uh, stick. The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is amazing. It's that, ten movies that in was one. Good. Ten movies that was in great. one. I yep. love all this stuff. Yep. I like um, the part where she kicks the dildo once it's already up the guy's ass, and then she gives it a kick. That was that was a nice touch. You went right for the for the the moment that that actually was censored, and I can't prove it. But when I saw it in the theater, I swear I heard a metal clang when she did that. Mm-hmm. Then at home, you know, I watched on my own uh, outdated media. And it doesn't make any noise except he just yells when it happens. I swear they took the metal clang out. I remember it. a clang too, but they I didn't see it, it in out. theaters. They were, they I, saw, were, I saw it at home. Somewhere that metal, the sound of metal is somewhere. <laughs> We've, see, that's what we know what it's like. Now I know what it's like to be in that movie, whereas I just yep. lost one distinct sound, which is the sound of a metal dildo getting kicked. And that guy lost his whole life, but I feel his pain. I feel like I, feel like I can't. This is, the, this is the power of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll move on. For, let me just say about Mank. I think it's going to sail to a best picture, and it doesn't deserve it. But I think it's because they. Uh, I'm, I hesitate to try to explain this out loud, but a lot of the a lot of the nominees. I like your theories. I like okay. your theories. Well, this theory might sound a, a little shaky out loud, but I feel That's like there I was. Like they brought in a lot of people into uh, into the voting pool. Um, they made a, an effort, a valiant effort to bring in a more diverse voting pool so that it wasn't always mm-hmm. Mank-like movies say, uh, sure. floating to the top, right? Because Mank is the whitest thing you will ever see. Like, it's like in black and white, but there's there's no black in this movie. It's the yeah. whitest thing I've ever yeah. seen in my life. Uh-huh. So they bring in this more diverse voting pool. You think, okay, look at all these nominees. It's a very diverse selection of nominees. You've got uh, the One Night in Miami, which we'll talk about in a second. You've got um promising young woman see that one minari but yeah you've got all these movies right the problem is you've only got one mank so let's say you know everybody gets a vote and there's still did they split the vote with so many other diverse choices and does mank still get the same white vote it always got and it just kind of slips through does that make any sense it does yeah it does yeah it's kind of like it's why you don't want to have a, a third party running, right? Or you, or you don't want to have a lot of you don't want to you don't want to Ross Perot the Oscar vote. You don't want to poison the field with a lot of pretty good movies mm. by diverse filmmakers when you might have a couple really good movies by diverse filmmakers or one. <laughs> and that sounds terrible. I see. I shouldn't have said that out loud. But then you uh-huh. can at least you can at least focus that vote because. Otherwise, you've got uh, you got just a, no. What like they a, actually what like they should do of, is they should rain of milk they should have a they should have a Oscars for white people, and then an Oscar <laughs> for that. diverse oh, for diverse no. movies. I didn't. No, I'm not saying you said it. This is this is mine. This is a, this is a Dave Osborne original, dude. Oh, no. Can you turn that? I just hold on. Amy just came in here and turned the light off on me, or turned the light on. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It was off when I came in, so I turned it off again. Okay, I just thought I don't know. I thought it was like a hint. Like this turn the light on. We're live right now. We're on the air. She slipped a notarized something under the door. I don't know what that is. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so yeah, um, a mank might. It's their own fault. (laughs) They might end up with mank anyway because they they overcorrected 
or something. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, maybe you can delete that part. So, uh, so Mank, okay I thought, movie. I think, I think it's funny. I don't, I you didn't say anything bad. I didn't. Did you say well, something bad? Yeah, I said there should be an all-white Oscars. <laughs> oh, that's right. Well, what's wrong with that? It's just, you know, it just um, makes sense. Uh, let's see what else we got. Oh, Nomad, <laughs> Nomad Land. Nomad. Oh, I wanted to see that with Francis McDormand, right? You'd love it. You'd love that, dude. It's like I, I like the trailer happening. of that. It's just I people like that. doing stuff, people doing mm-hmm. shit, people selling things at flea markets and. Yeah, uh, yeah, that looked good. I, I'll I tell you what. Watch that. I am a little confused. Uh, well, what's her name? McDormand, Francis McDormand. Mm-hmm. She um she goes all in. You know, did you? Well, let me ask you, did you want a Frances McDormand's watch, like in her 70s, six, late 60s? Yeah, she's old as shit. Did you want to, do you want to see her full frontal nudity and have explosive diarrhea? Because I got uh, I got a movie I didn't for know. you. I, I didn't know that I wanted to see that until today, actually. I got a movie for you. I mean, mm-hmm. she's, you know, she's in a lot of good movies. I can imagine that she saw the script and she was like, wait a minute, I'm doing this. I can't wait. I can't wait to have this bowel explosion in my rv um it's 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 pretty uh it's all warts and all of somebody living in their van yeah. so got that going for it uh it's, very appealing to me i did have some i have a lot of issues with it though one of them is that in spite of its goodness mm-hmm. it's not better than leave no trace which did i a, love that movie yeah that's that, such a great movie the stakes were higher and the idea of somebody who can't assimilate mm-hmm. um, is better and leave no trace. And I think it's because, I don't know, I was, there was something that resonated with me about that guy who, when he tried to assimilate, he, yeah. you know, they put it and it didn't work. He, he and, couldn't do it. He and he was so, it. and he was so sad. It's heartbreaking, that, dude. I yeah. cried at that movie. Yeah. When that he movie didn't, made me cry. it was really effective. With mm-hmm. her, it's very similar. It's, uh, she can't assimilate. Um, but there's there's re- specific reasons why she can't. She's she's grieving, which I guess that guy leave no trace had PTSD or whatever. Yeah. But the, he tries so hard and it doesn't work, and he's got the stakes of it. You know, his daughter needs a life, and um and I I guess I I could understand why he couldn't sleep inside, and it was a very effective struggle with her. Um, I just uh, I don't know. It it didn't have the same. It didn't resonate the same way because she's. He's literally outdoors. He can't even be inside a house. He loses his shit. She's just kind of in a rolling apartment. It's like, why don't you just get in a nicer place? And whenever she goes inside, she talks about how she can't sleep in a bed. I'm thinking, why not? You're in a fucking van. What's the difference? You know, yeah. at least shit somewhere where you can flush the toilet if you're gonna have if you're gonna be eating all that greasy food. I just didn't I didn't see the same. Plus, there's there's another issue that um they uh they play this pensive music through the whole thing, but they're trying to give you the impression that she has everything she needs. Mm-hmm. So if she has everything she needs, what's up with the fucking pensive music every five seconds? You know what right. I mean? Like, right. I, I would rather see like with Leave No Trace. I did get the idea, even though it was a sad movie, that he had everything he needed. Mm-hmm. With, with this mm-hmm. movie, you get the idea that she's one uh, car breakdown away from death. And that she's not read, she's not prepared, but she, but it also wants you to think that she's, that she's capable or fine or that she's made a choice that is not a negative thing. Right. I, I used, uh, I used leave no trace recently. Actually, I talked about it like two days ago 
yeah. as uh, my justification for not giving money to homeless people. And it really worked well because they're, they have everything they need. So I was just like, what, what are we giving them money oh, for? That's, that's one way to look at it. I, mm-hmm. if, if I wanted to make a case today for not giving money to homeless, it would be the homeless woman who was sleeping on my uh, front sidewalk and was creeping me out because she was she was on her phone, but she was and then she was smoking. And mm-hmm. I'm talking like 10 feet from my front door. Which yeah, is, that sucks. And I just thought, ah, I don't think I want this. But then I felt weird about it. So I opened the door and I'm like, hi, do you need some help? Because she was or can I, I said, can I help you? Which is a different question. I will admit it I will it admit is. it's a different question, even though I just mm-hmm. tried to I tried to mm-hmm. politicize that a little bit to help myself out there mm-hmm. by saying, mm-hmm. hey, can I help you? Uh, mm-hmm. And she said, uh, she's like, do you have a do you have a blanket and some food? And I like, thought, no, but I got <laughs> I didn't do that. I didn't do that. But I, I very quickly assessed that I didn't want to have this relationship with this homeless person. <laughs> and I said, I know, I know the feeling, dude, where I didn't want her to come back. I like like I will yeah. give you the world if I could if I could have some proof just that you will never come back. So I just said, I never have to see you again. Yeah. So I just said, well, oh, no, I'm sorry. And, she, and I start to close the door and she goes, fucking Jew. What? Yeah. Oh no! See, that was my other argument: is that most of them are homeless for a reason. It's well, because geez. they're assholes. Well, there or there's a mental illness, or there's a mental illness. Yeah, yeah. Well, guess so, what? Yeah. There's professionals for that. Professionals oh, can no, help at BetterHelp.com. You can hey, you can get a hundred bucks in a day panhandling. Have you seen the traffic that goes through these intersections? <laughs> you can get a hundred bucks. You can call BetterHelp. <laughs> Come on, man. Help, next, help, next help them up, help you. The, the hold, on, hold on, give me just a second. Oh, hold on. What? <laughs> Why are we moving on? I don't understand. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. If you had, if you had touched a hair on her head, if you touched one hair on that woman's head, swear to God, I will gut you like a fucking squealing pig. Which, by the way, is what that Facebook person said. It's like I watch you bleed like a pig. And people are just clapping like circus seals. Or, 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 like, this is great. I love it. I love it. I love it when I love it when authors beat people. When, uh, when authors when authors threaten to beat somebody within an inch of their life forever. Never, I don't know. never been in a fight in their lives. Um, okay, I'm fucking tear you like I'm gonna fuck your ass. I don't know something like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Trial of the Chicago Seven. Um, mm-hmm. Too long, too long of a title. It's Thumbs well, down. it's ridiculous. Okay, mm-hmm. do you want if you want to watch a ridiculous, uh, very overheated melodrama trial? Um, I guess I learned a lot about the Chicago Seven. I didn't. Uh, I I knew the names, Abby Hoffman, and I already forgot the other names. Um, you know, there's a riot. They start some shit uh, at the uh, Democratic convention. There's a riot. They get arrested. It's kind of a flip of. It's actually a reversal of what happened at the Capitol, where the, mm-hmm. except that the rioters are um, then they're charged and with um, inciting a riot or, or crossing state lines to be violent. I forget what exactly. But their argument is that, well, the police antagonized us. And, like uh, they do. And like they do. And uh, which is funny because the it's, it's very it's a very different argument happening right now regarding the Capitol riot. Uh which is um, there were some parallels, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and I have to ask myself, it's like, why do you 
why do you hate, and I'm talking to myself, why do you hate the Capitol Riders so much, and why do you want to see them burn when you want to see the Chicago 7 get off? I know there's a lot of differences in that, but there's also, when it comes down to people against police, I try, it's hard, but I try to stay consistent. I try to not side with the police. Anyway, so um, I would say it's so over the top. It's basically Mm -hmm. these people just causing trouble in in the courtroom in a very um in a very 60s way right or very, mm. very well i guess very early 70s way which felt more like the 60s i don't know when this fucking takes place but uh, it's very aaron sorkin you know it's full of uh, effective exposition disguises dialogue it's what he loves he did that in molly's game which is a a sort of annoying but almost great movie with a very excellent opening. I would recommend people right now watch the opening scene of Molly's Game. It's kind of like Magnolia, you know, with all those coincidences, all those stories. You remember that? Mm, I do. And the the yeah. guy gets swept up and uh, dropped into the tree and the shotgun and the. Yeah, it's like Sorkin does that. He didn't, you know, obviously he didn't write Magnolia, but he's um he's in the same ballpark as a very interesting openings and Chicago Seven has a very effective opening in a similar way where you meet the seven and you meet them and you learn a lot about them as they explain to you just a pile of exposition disguises dialogue. Um, so mm-hmm. I had fun, I had fun with it. You know, it was, um, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. It's uh, when it has a good opening sequence, it's kind of the opposite for a lot of people where if you have a good ending, people remember it as better than it was. I like to go back and watch good opening sequences um, and Magnolia, I'm not a huge fan of that movie, but I do love the opening. Like the movie, it doesn't even f- make any sense as far as the synchronicity, because they're they're not. I even don't talk- remember it. I don't remember it at all. The opening is all about synchronicity, and uh-huh. it and it tells all these stories of these wild um, uh, coincidences that turned out to be actually intertwined. And but then the movie is not about either of those things. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just about let's follow a bunch of people that we've created for this movie and then they will all eventually cross paths. That is not the same as synchronicity. That was or huge. Coincidence. Though. That was that was huge in like the nineties or early two thousands nineties movies. Sprawling, meet everybody. And yeah, now yeah. Where like somebody crash. they'd be in the, they'd be in the same. Or, <laughs> yeah, right. Or they'd even be like in the same you know gas station or something, and they'd pass each other. Right. You know, there's always yeah. some big big event at the end. And honestly, and they, my one of my favorite movies of all time, Amores Peros. I would put it yeah. in my top five of all time. Is exactly that is, that. is exactly yeah. that. So I shouldn't. And it was and it was of its time. It was of it like it was doing a thing that you know, a lot of movies were doing back right. then. You know, but the, the idea of Magnolia is just wacky because then it has a rain of frogs at the end that supposedly is the same as a synchronicity or coincidence, but it's not. It's just everybody no. is getting a rain of frogs right now. Isn't right. that crazy? Anyway, that's not the movie I was reviewing. Um, but I, that would yeah, be I crazy know. if it rained frogs, dude. I would go outside. I'd be like, "What?" There's a what very, this? very popular children's book about a rain of frogs. You ever read Tuesday? Well, not read it because it's just pictures, but no. Okay. But I'll have to pick it up. I'll pick it up. I'll you're pick gonna it up need for the it. Baby. What's yeah. good about it is when you read it to the baby, you're gonna um, you're gonna have to make up every page because there's no words in it. Oh, that's uh, fun. I like so, that. Yeah, I like she, interactive and stuff. so that means she gets a new book every time I pick up Tuesday. She gets to hear a new story about the frogs, and usually they're very 
it's weird. They're well, like I'll start reading. I'm like, do you if you touch one of those frogs, if you I will fucking I will fucking <laughs> tear your ass from if here. You, if you if you so much frogs, as if you why, so much as look, why at do you want to fuck those frogs so bad? Why why do you want those beautiful frogs to <laughs> suck your penis? Why do you want that? Why would you want that? I can never read that to her again. Now, great. That's yeah. so much for, so no, much for just, Tuesday. Just, yeah, just forget about it. Yeah, for just just erase it. Boop. Here, actually, I'll do a tape. I'll do a taper one. So anyway, so the, anyway, so, so last the, movie. Yeah. I think this is the last. Uh, is this this might be a best director nominee, best picture? I can't keep track. One Night in Miami. It's uh, based on. I wanted to see this one. This I one think you'll like really it. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that it's my it's my favorite of the of the uh, nominees I've seen, um, and it's. And it shouldn't have been because it's based on a play, so it's yeah. very talky. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I I like those kind. Of, you know, I love Mammoth. And if you're stuck in a room, it doesn't bother me. And but this, uh, it, what's crazy is it's directed by. Um, did you like Watchmen on HBO? No. Okay, I I remember you complaining about Watchmen. Do you remember mm-hmm. Sister Knight, the character on Watchmen? Mm-hmm. She directed this. It's her first oh, movie. It's her first movie. Cool. And she's fucking good at it, dude. There's a lot of like symmetrical, Kubricky overhead shots. And uh, and she opens Ooh. it up. You know, if you have a movie that takes place in a hotel room, um, usually if somebody tries to open something like that up, you it, it just kind of fucks it up. Like you mm-hmm. you, you can tell like Glengarry Glenn Ross. Don't get me wrong. One of my favorite movies. I love it to death, but it's kind of comical how they tried to open it up. They're mm-hmm. they're like, let's go across the street to the Chinese restaurant. Let's go. Uh, or, wait, we're upstairs. We're downstairs. We're at a phone booth outside. It's like you don't have to go anywhere because you know what right. I mean. And just yeah. and by doing that, ironically, it seems even smaller. It makes the movie seem even, which might be the point. I don't know. But the uh, one night in Miami opens with similar to what I was talking about with. Uh, with Magnolia and Chicago seven, you've got, you open with the worst nights or, or the worst moment up until that point in the lives of all these famous dudes. So you, it's about Muhammad Ali, Sam cook, uh, Jim Brown and uh, Malcolm X. And they all uh, famously hung out in a hotel together and they came out of the change. I guess they had, they all kind of went in different directions after that. So you get this cool opening scene where you get to see Muhammad Ali getting caught by a lucky punch from like this great white dope. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you, it's like, oh shit. Cause you, you realize that's Muhammad Ali. And then you see, oh my God, did he ever get knocked down like that? I guess he did. What a, what a terrible night for him. And then mm-hmm. you see Sam Cook bombing. He's doing like a concert at the Copacabana and uh, he picked the, the song is going over terribly. The microphone's fucked up. You see Jim Brown uh, visits a plantation house of a family friend, and he's surprised by some hideous, like, slap in the face racism from what mm-hmm. he thought was he thought was somebody's was a friend all his life. And then um, I guess the Malcolm X one is not quite a, a, a terrible moment in his life, but he's talking about leaving the Nation of Islam. So you meet them all in their various places. And. Um, it's kind of it's a good way to open it because I it's similar to the Chicago Seven. I got to know all these guys. I got to know what their what their moment of kind of crisis was, I guess. And then um, they're all going to go back. Malcolm X invites them after the Sonny Liston fight to go back to a hotel room where he's going to, uh, you know, like proselytize to them. He's going to try to turn them all. Um, 
And he famously turned uh, Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali. But the part that I really liked about it, and I, I don't know if it's just the, the writing was the, was that good that it made me side with the side I wasn't supposed to be siding with. But mm-hmm. he, but Malcolm X is trying to convince Sam Cooke, and you'll, you'll really like this part. He's trying to convince him that he's uh, he's a sellout, that as an artist, he why are you selling out to the masses? You're getting very popular, but this is white music. Um, your music's kind of milk toast since you got big. Uh, why don't you why don't you do some protest music? Why don't you do something that's that's for a reason? And Sam Cooke is not feeling this at all. Sam Cooke is is basically saying, "Who the fuck are you to tell me what to do with my art?" And yeah. uh, and he's so uh, persuasive with it that I know I'm supposed to think you know people are dying in that moment and he and they need all the help they can get. But I kept thinking, Sam Cooke, you're right. Who are you to tell? Who is anybody to tell him that he can't sing a love song? You know what I mean? Like, right, right. Like protest music sucks. You ever listen to a yeah. Neil Young album? Protest yeah. music. Unless it's Rage Against the Machine. Rage okay. Against the Machine. All right, I give, you, I give you that. I give you that. But they're not protesting. They're raging. <laughs> they're raging. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? Like if you, yep. I don't know. And and who's to say it isn't protest music? I don't, it's up. It's not up to him to. If it gets, if you know it's protest music, you may you probably went too far. Like. If you say rock and roll in your song, you start you stop rocking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the best protest music is the best music to listen to at a protest. So anything that gets you going, techno. <laughs> well, well, there's a fucking, story in this. I think you'd really like the story. You Club to Death from the Matrix soundtrack. Remember that one? That was a good track. That was, that was a good protest. I'd like mm-hmm. to protest against both sequels, please. Boom, um, boom, 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 boom. Ding, ding, ding. Um, yeah, but, but Sam Cooke is pretty is pretty interesting. That character, he says, uh, he's they're telling him, why don't you know you're just uh, you're working for the for the white man and you're you're wasting your talents, blah blah blah. And Sam Cooke is like, Yikes. and Sam Cooke goes first. He tries to fight him, which I loved because here you have a, a hotel room with Jim Brown, football player and star of various uh, action movies, and you have uh, literally Muhammad Ali the toughest guy on the planet at the time. And they're like playing peacemaker between little Sam cook and, uh, and the uh, fucking Malcolm X. He wants, and he wants to kick his ass cause he's saying you're a sellout. Um, mm-hmm. but he tells, he tells him a story and he goes, you know, uh, I wrote this song once and, uh, it, it got, it kind of went up the charts a little bit. It got on the R and B uh, charts. And, and then I got a call from, uh, from the UK and, uh, this British man wanted to cover it. Uh, you, you probably haven't heard of them too much right now. The Rolling Stones are up and comers, um, but but they they did my song and it went straight to number one, and uh, and everybody is like, man, what are you what are you doing? You're giving away your you know you're giving your shit away, and he and, he, and um, Sam Cooke's like, but what they don't understand is every time that song's played, you know, I get a little cash register noise in my ears, and mm-hmm. uh, and what they don't get is I li- every time I hear that song on the radio, I'm like those. Stupid white boys are working for me and they don't even know it. Mm. And when he said mm. that, I thought you made that line a little better than what Malcolm X came back with, because I'm again, I'm I'm agreeing with Sam Cook here. And I don't think right. I'm supposed to. I don't think I'm supposed right. to agree with him. And they whip no, out. I, 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 I love that. And that is that's so true, because at the end of the day, it's the actual material conditions of, of people that's important. 
And uh, that's the way that I see it, too. You know, it's this whole thing about, you know, oh, you should be getting the credit for it. No, no, no. You should be getting the money for it. Like, that's that's where the actual power is. So Yeah, and he's, that's what he seems to know. Um, mm-hmm. Malcolm X plays him a Bob Dylan song. And uh, and he says, well, here's an example of somebody who has no stake in our cause. And he whipped out a protest song like it was nothing. And Sam Cooke is like, I hate that fucking song because I wish I would have wrote it. <laughs> and they're playing. Uh, uh, what's the, um, the the one with the, how many roads must a man walk down? What the fuck song is that? I don't know. I don't like Bob Dylan. Well, this one's not too. I like uh, the. Um, what's the one they played at the end of Watchmen to come full circle? Uh, that's, uh, 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 why do I want to say Fascination Street? What the hell song is that? It's a street. The uh, last song on, oh, mm, Bob Dylan fans, kill us. Hold on, I'm going to look it up. Desolation, Desolation Street, Desolation Boulevard, Desolation something. It says the, it says the times they are changing. Well, that's the Bob Dylan song, yes. But I think Desolation Street, is that it? That's, I think it's an even better song. And it's a better sprawling song but yeah times are changing that's the opening song of watchmen again that's like five watchmen references in one, De- one conversation i'm seeing desolation row by desolation my chemical row. Romance. that's that's my that's, that's my chemical romance though they covered it you fucking heathen i don't think so it just <laughs> says my chemical romance the watchmen music from the motion picture oh look at that yeah it looks oh, like look looks that. like there was a looks like the grateful dead actually did it oh wait no that's a cover too Who's the original? Hold on, let's see here. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, it's Bob Dylan. But what's Bob weird Dylan. is, you know, I that, again, I don't like Bob Dylan. His voice annoys me. I've it never is, understood why people. It is annoying, and Sam like Cook has, and Sam Cook has the voice of an angel. Yeah, um, but he Sam does. Cook's great. He does end up writing a change is going to come, which is clearly his Bob Dylan song. Mm-hmm. Um, and the movie portrays that as a big triumph that he does change to what Malcolm X wanted to do, which makes me think again that I, uh, that I misinterpreted that debate. But at the end of it, um, I Googled that song to listen to the whole song. And I found a quote by Sam Cooke where he says, I played that in public once. And he's like, that song is spooky. I never want to play that again. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's which is cool. way, it's way different than the vibe of the movie, which is I, I will now, I have come to the, to the fold. Instead, he's like, this song's fucking spooky. I want to play the hits. Fuck I up. like the the times they. I like the My Chemical Romance version of the times they are changing. That was the. That's a really good one. <laughs> You're like I like I like Green Day's version of Hurricane. It really it really gets to the fucking the struggle of African Americans. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it's uh yeah I'd watch another movie by Regina King. It was it was pretty good and um I was into it more than some of the other Best Picture nominees. I think it's. It's that one is probably that one in Nomadland are the two that I would actually uh, I think watch out of yeah. all of those. The rest so, of them I couldn't see myself. It, man, it's a it's it's a that's a fucking that is a depressing lineup though of Best Picture nominees. Like I don't know, it's weak. It's weak. Another thing you might like to sell this a little bit more to you. It's a very is this essentialist to say it's a it's a surprisingly masculine movie. Like the they're like it. It's a very, um, you know, these are very, they're they're kind of archetypes of you know, Jim, fucking Jim Brown, Muhammad Ali. Um, so 
it's got it just has a masculine vibe to it, which I'm not saying a, a woman director can't do or couldn't pull off. And credit to her for pulling it off. It's you know maybe the source material, the play is written by a guy, of course, but I don't know. Yeah. I just I like it when it's I like it when I can't tell. You know I like it when it's mm-hmm. not. Here's a movie for the boys and here's one for the girls. I like when mm-hmm. they, mix, they mix it up. Um, Let's hear it for the boys. Give the boys a hand. Let's hear it for my baby. I'm glad I'm glad you brought up Footloose because I have a question for you. Footloose or Flashdance? Footloose or Flashdance? Uh, Footloose. I agree. Footloose yeah. is the, the step. <laughs> you I left agree. me hanging there for a second. I didn't know if I said something wrong or I didn't, right know if I, was hear the, I didn't know if I was going to hear the click. That's got, I thought no, I was going to hear the click. If you would have said Flashdance, you would have got the click. But Footloose has, the they're, playing, they're playing chicken and tractors. They're like, mm-hmm. it's, got a, it's got a bunch of fist fights in it. Um, they mm-hmm. teach... They teach uh, Chris Penn how to dance. It's just a better movie. Just a better yeah. movie. And it, everybody considers it a knockoff. Every review of, of the, t- and if you look at them in, in context, they all say, here comes the, another Flashdance clone. It is 10 times the movie Flashdance, but whatever. whatever. Um, I have a, actually I made up a list for you of movies that had great opening scenes. Um, okay. I, thought that, I thought maybe that would resonate more and you would have grabbed it, grabbed it and ran with it. But okay. You know, you're you're getting tired. It's we're hitting two hours. So, uh, but here are movies that I think have amazing opening sequences. <laughs> and this is and this I'm not going to review them, but I'm just going to list them. <laughs> I'm just going to list them. Ready? So I love that you just said. I just love that you said. So I know you're getting tired, man, and uh, you you probably don't want to do this, <laughs> but, but we're, but we're going to here do we it. go. <laughs> here we go. Social Network, great opening sequence, lays it all out there. It's when she's Zuckerberg's getting dumped. Uh, Watchmen, I think, has a great opening sequence when they play the Bob Dylan song. Do you remember that? It shows all the superheroes getting killed in weird ways. Like getting... I remember the the Simple Plan song at the beginning. The, the... <laughs> you mean you mean you remember when Blink 182 did uh, yeah, Alice, Alice's yeah. Restaurant? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Last Boy Scout with the gunfight on the football field, fucking classic. Uh, oh yeah, that's a good long, one. The long goodbye with the uh, quest for cat food with um, Elliot Gould. I love that opening. Uh, the rear window when he looks out the back uh, window and and he does he narrates all of his neighbors. He's got nicknames for them all and um, it really lays it all out there. A, a bad movie? Well, okay, an almost good movie that I think you like actually more than mm-hmm. I do. Lord of War with uh, Jared Leto and. Nicholas Cage. Like do you remember the, the opening shows you the life of a, of a, a bullet? Do you remember yep. that? Mm-hmm. That's a great little opening. I'll give credit for yep. that. Um, so, yeah, we'll stop there. Oh, 2001. Uh, it's hilarious to start a relatively small main story about a computer that goes nuts. Start at the dawn of time and end at the end of humanity. Yeah. It's the fucking it's the college essay of movies yeah, since it's... the dawn of time. <laughs> Man has wondered about man has always people, eaten monkey food. things. Yes. Yeah. What are they? They're monkeys, right? Or they're the yeah. They're, they're early. They're early man. Early what? man. See, I don't believe any of that shit, right? So that's where I oh, have a boy. problem with that movie. <laughs> oh, that's where I have a problem with that. Oh, oh, you're telling boy. me. You're Wait telling me. Oh, you're telling boy. me that a man who could invent something as beautiful as the CJRB. <laughs> Started off as a monkey 
the fuck? Have you seen a monkey? Get yeah. out of here, and man. They're use, and they're using tools. They're using uh, tools. You haven't seen the Godzilla I... versus Godzilla versus King Kong. He, like, makes a fucking axe. I don't That's... like that because I, like, I don't like to see my favorite monsters fight each other. I don't like that. I like it when they team up. Is like it like Avengers, Is it you like when your when your parents are fighting? You don't like it when they're yeah, fighting. Yeah, it's like mom, dad, no. I saw the trailer. They're you know they're bringing King Kong somewhere in this big net, and I'm like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like what they're doing <laughs> to King Kong. I don't it's like true. it. It's true. I, I then, watched uh, half I saw, of that last I, night. I, I haven't finished it, so don't. Spoil I saw it. an article about it. Well, I didn't see it. I just saw the trailer. Um, but I saw this article about it, and it's like this movie doesn't have any. Human characters who do the blah, 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 blah. Uh, What I saw was and, garbage. It was pretty bad. I, I but I saw it. a tweet. Check it out, dude. So I think, and I think that this tweet was dead on, and it would never happen in a million years because that's not how Hollywood works. But they were like, this is actually correct. And what they should have done is just have it be, you know, the whole movie almost like a, like, like Fantasia or something, like music and zero people at all, you know? Like, yeah. I would just, yeah, that's just, a great just, idea. Just that's movements a, of just movements of people, you know, like idea. all all set to music, right? And and you just you just watch these two. Well, it's funny you should say fun. that because they have terrible music choices. They play these weird pop songs when they're showing King Kong looking sad. It's very weird. It's very weird. They should fill that wall to wall new metal. Oh, have, dude, just a new yeah a King new Kong, metal music. King Kong listens to new metal and. Yeah. Uh, Godzilla, he probably listens to sludge metal or Sam yeah. Cooke. Sam Cooke oh, yeah. when he's pondering life. When he's, when he's at the bottom, at the bottom of, the, of ocean. the ocean. If you're at the bottom of the ocean, you're listening to sad fucking music. You're listening to love songs. But King Kong is listening to new metal. I love the idea of Godzilla at the bottom of the ocean. He's got headphones on, and it's just like... And what do you think King Kong's doing? He's on Skull Island. What has yeah. more skulls than new metal? Yep, he's King Kong's on Skull Island, wanting Defense to get a. Rests. Co- he wants that cochlear implant because he can't he can't hear anymore. He's well, he, like, he does he does sign language in this new movie. Speaking of, uh, <laughs> want to bring it all in there. He's he's doing kind of like the Congo thing. We're like, uh, Amy, a- Amy wants Amy said Amy wants yeah, us. I dude, I used to watch Congo over and over again. I had it on VHS. I fucking loved that movie. When the eyeball lands in that guy's hand, it's a good shot. <laughs> That's great. He like turns it over. Oh. I just remember the lasers. I remember a lot of the white apes yeah. and the lasers. At the end, yeah, when it's got the lasers and they're just cutting through. I can't believe that movie was PG-13. Joe, Joey Pants says the F word in it. And I was like, this is not a PG-13. Th- I shouldn't be watching this. You know? I, was like, I, forgot, <laughs> to, I forgot to review. I'm not going to review it because it wasn't that great. But uh, uh, I can't even think of the name of it. The um, It's named after some weed they're growing in it, that some sort of delicacy. Uh do you have the Best Picture nominees in front of you? Best Picture nominees. Let me look them up here. Best Picture. Read them off that you have that I haven't talked about, and I'll review them in one sentence. Uh, you want me to just you want me to list every every one of these here? No, I already okay. reviewed. I already reviewed most of them. What there was t- okay. two or three. The sound, the sound of Metal. I already did that, dude. I already did the Promises Sound of Metal. Sounds like <laughs> hold it. The Sound of Metal it sounds like this. What else? What else nice. you got? Oh, you want me to read the ones that you didn't talk about? Yes. Okay. Trial of the Chicago Seven. I just reviewed that. You, <laughs> do, do you get, put, turn up your okay. fucking cochlear right. implant. Yeah, I just gotcha. reviewed that. Gotcha. All right. Okay. Mank. <sighs> <laughs> fucking rage boner again. 
Bro, the fucking One Night in Miami is not on this, dude. No, it's nominated for, weirdly enough, I think it's nominated for Best Director, even though it's not nominated for Best Picture. One of them is. Or yeah. So you, you missed you missed three. The, uh, Nomadland? I, <laughs> God damn it. No, okay, for real. Uh, the, the Father. I watching that shit. That's it was twenty. You'd have to rent that. It's twenty dollars. I don't have. I don't have that kind of money to spend on that. That's Minari. that's that's half a knife. Twenty dollars is half a knife. Minari. What was it? Yes, that's yes. it. Minari. Uh, Asian family. That you didn't, there's one more that I actually really do, do want to see. Also, um, Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, that it's okay. It's, it's okay. It's not going to win though. Um, Minari. Uh, yeah, I watched. We watched that last night. It's. It's okay, it's but it reminded me of that because it's rated PG, and um, and it feels like a PG and it feels like a family movie. And if it was a good Oscar year, it probably wouldn't be nominated. But I'm worried it's going to split the vote for um, for one of these better movies because it's very very average. Family, it's the the guy who got his, his head smashed in by Negan in uh, Walking Dead. What's his name? What was his name on that? Oh, uh, uh, Stephen Yuen. Yes, Steven Yuen? Yuen? he stars. Yeah. He, he his job is like checking. He's chickens. great, by the way. He's good I, in this. I, I, did yeah. you did you see did you see Burning? No, I did not. Check that one out. Check that one out. He's good. He's a good actor. Oh, he was in Sorry to Bother You too. One of my favorite movies. Oh in yeah, the past he, is. Years. he is good. He's good in this. He comes to uh, he moves to like Oklahoma or something in a trailer and he tries to get his life together and there's kind of a culture clash with local. Uh, um, you know, with the Americans, and, uh, it sounds, is, you know, you've grown, but that's the only good part, honestly, is when he's hanging, when he's kind of like hanging around the locals, because most of it is kind of just, it, it wasn't the big, it wasn't the big American dream movie I thought it was going to be. It's kind of a quiet little movie. I don't know. Mm-hmm. People might like it. Um, I actually rented it for 20 bucks, but I got it. I got it refunded because I didn't want to pay for it. So I just cl- I claimed that somebody hit a button and ordered it by mistake. So Damn, that's, that's how you can watch it. piracy. That's basically piracy. Dude, you, what you, you, you pirated that movie. I didn't you pirate it. I didn't. I pirated it. Put Welcome. Money in the- Welcome to the dark side. Welcome to the dark side, baby. Pirate. You're a pirate now. I've got the knife to prove it. I'm a pirate. You I got, got one eye. Yeah. I got, I got yep. one squinty eye. Um. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Minari, it's not going to win either. It's I, I hate to say it, I think Mank's going to win. So if we're going to do Oscar picks, I think Mank is going to win, and it shouldn't, but they fucked up. Everybody, I think I'm just going to do Dark Horse here. I'm going to say Judas and the Black Messiah wins. Mm-hmm. I have, and I base that on absolutely nothing. Yeah, uh, you're, pro- yeah you're Mr. You're Mr. Uh, I just saw the trailer. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> right. We change the name of this podcast to one man watches movies and the other one watches well, the trailers. You know what I didn't watch the trailer to was uh, The Empty Man. I've not seen the trailer to that. I watched the actual movie. Yeah, but you uh, got but somebody hit you with some promo that Mulholland Drive promo that tricked you. Mm-hmm, it did. It did. But I don't feel bad thing. about it. I don't feel bad about it. I I feel it feels good to actually be marketed to for once. You know, um, they, it's like somebody reached through and said, "Hey, do you want to see something?" and I thought to myself, oh, actually, I do want to see that. Turned out, total lie, but, you know, it's fine. It's like I'm somebody glad. cared. It's like okay. somebody cared, you know? 
Okay. So like when ca- somebody lies capitalism is bad unless it's a success story for your own individual experience. Correct. I got, I got, I got Correct. Correct. That it's a very is inspiring correct. story you just told. Well, that's been the that's been the problem is you know you got these movies, this promising young woman. I'm none of those things, right? So I would say you're a promising young woman. Ayo. <laughs> Trial of the Chicago Seven. I mean, I don't even know what that is. Seven what? Seven, seven frogs? Seven people? It doesn't it's make a, any sense. It's a rain of frogs. You've kept me on here for two hours. Am I ever getting off this fucking podcast, dude? I, I don't know, dude. I, it, this might be your new life. This might be your, <laughs> your new... If Amy wants to talk to you, you she has to come on the podcast. Um, uh, it's the only place I exist. She's out there. She's out there watching. Uh, it's that fucking show, uh, um, Gossip Girl. Ugh. Every time, if I fall asleep at night, and she she just like tiptoe around so that I don't wake up, and then I'll come out and she's watched three Gossip Girls and drank half a bottle of wine because I would never tolerate watching Gossip Girl. Uh, but yeah, oh, so she's hilarious. she's happy as a clam that I am stuck in this uh, inner zone with you. Yeah, Rios watches. Um... Drag Race, the RuPaul reality show, and uh, dude, that that show gives me panic attacks during the weekend because I'll hear it and it's like I'll catch a glimpse of it and the whole thing is so colorful, everything's so like neon pink and green, and it's you know it's just sassy gay dudes like being like I'm the one who's gonna snatch that crown, and then you know they're all kind of like snapping their fingers at each other and I don't know why it's just so loud and they scream so much it like. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Okay. You don't have to watch it. Well, I do because it's on my TV and I live in a very small house. And, uh, you know, I put my headphones on and I try to listen to new metal, but it, it still comes through. I still hear it. Sound of metal. Something, 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 something. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening you almost good this is a this is a marathon one but uh, uh we hope you liked it um or at least we dave hope, does i don't know i hope i hope you enjoyed